Welcome to Best Picture Cast. I'm your host, Kieran B. I completed my goal of watching every Oscar Best Picture winner ever and decided to start a podcast review each one, each episode myself, and revolving co-hosts will discuss, assess, and evaluate a different Best Picture winner with the goal to establish a ranking for the entire list. This is not a who should have won podcast. We are here to discuss the inner circle of movies who took home the crown in their respective years. As a disclaimer, this is an opinion-based podcast and a subjective discussion by movie enthusiasts who don't claim to be trained experts. If we destroy your favorite movie or praise a movie you think is trash, we encourage you to write us in at our email, which is bestpicturepodcast at yahoo.com. That email is bestpicturepodcast at yahoo.com. You can also get us on any one of our social media accounts at bestpicturecast. Find us on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook, on Letterboxd. You can DM us. Harass us, do what you have to do, and we'll uh, usually get back to you. So check out all that info. It's in, in the, the episode description, plus uh, much more. And we are back for another Best Picture winner. Has uh, It always feels like it's been too long, but uh, a movie like this, you know, it, it's, uh, it really brings people together. And uh, the movie, of course, I'm talking about is Driving Miss Daisy. And I have three gentlemen here with me today. It's a new mix of podcasters here. We haven't had this group of four before, so I'm excited to uh, introduce them one by one, and we'll start with probably the most frequent of the crew, and he is RDB. RDB, welcome. Hey, what's How going we doing? on? Good. Back at it again. Pretty excited. Yes. Are you feeling? Are you feeling like you're in the driver's seat, in the passenger seat, in the back seat? Well, I'm in the trunk. You're in the trunk. Okay. <laughs> Kicking around in the trunk. Also, we have Oz. Oz, welcome back. Hey, Kieran. Thanks for having me. This is more of a contemporary uh, movie. Um, Yes, you're usually our 1930s uh, go-to, the ones that no one wants. (laughs) Right, and I got a 1980s one that nobody wants, so this is perfect. Yes, and uh, the last time you and Artie were on together, you had a 60s movie that no one wants, then Tom Jones. Oh, yeah. The three of us did Tom Jones together. (laughs) Nobody likes that one. Yes, and uh, we are bringing back, by popular demand... (laughs) <laughs> the Bobcat. He is back. It's been a minute. Annie Hall, I think, was the last one, right? Yeah. 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 So it's, uh, it's great to be back. Bobcat's back in the building. I love we'll it. we'll see uh, if everybody makes it out alive. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. We have a true battle royale here for Driving Miss Daisy. We have an ass in every seat here. The car is full. Four, a four-seater. And we uh, I think the last time, you like said, Annie Hall, that was... Bobby, there was me, you, and Oz for that one. That's so right. We have yeah, that combo. Yeah. But you were also here for the Slumdog Millionaire episode. That mm. was me, you, and Artie. Right. So, and then you were also on the Chicago episode. It was just me and you. So we got uh, we've kind of <laughs> put the Venn diagram together. Yeah. Here. Made it a lot of different uh, categories there. Yeah. Yeah. Seventies, yeah, eighties, and two thousands, pretty much <laughs> yeah. in the mix there. And uh, yeah, but two in the two thousands with Chicago and, and Slumdog. An interesting one to talk about here today, or I don't know if interesting is even the right word. I do want to call attention <laughs> to our action draft, which is as the date that this is dropping is now ready to go, and you can vote on Twitter and uh, soon to be voting on Instagram too at Best Picture Cast and get your vote in on what your favorite action movie is. 
I'm going to start with uh, with you, Bob Cags. You've been you're here for most of the tournaments we do. Mm-hmm. Um, like myself, uh, you've never won. <laughs> and uh, what did you uh, what did you end up with this one here? What are you feeling good about that you picked? And and uh, how was your approach for this thing? Yeah, I'm I'm very excited to get. I, I really just go with my favorite movies versus what I think are the best or think I have the best chance for mass appeal. Twice um, win. For, yeah, yeah. <laughs> But you got to do that because what if you win on something you don't you don't want to talk about that all of a sudden totally I get yeah. It. yeah I'm looking at my list now what did I get in there I think I did Collateral Casino Royale and The Rock I think was and The right. Rock yeah wow. yeah pretty good were you rush out three hundred oh three hundred three hundred at the end yeah the old the 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 mystery fourth round that came out of nowhere there. that was great. Yeah. How are you? Then, and we're gonna uh, structure it differently now with the the playoffs and everything. Uh, yeah, no more save brackets. Okay. So it's straight up. You know, it's an even tournament there. There's no mm-hmm. uh, no loose ends. So you got to go out and win. That's yeah, could be some good ones getting knocked out uh, early there. It could no be. Save. It's gonna be ruthless. Get a tough pool of death here. You know, what's interesting about the draft is like a stuff that like the things that I thought were gonna be taken. That I'm like, ah, oh, there's no way I'm gonna have the seventh pick. There's no way I can get that. They were just still around. And like as people picked more movies, it gave me more ideas. Mm. So there's no like shortage of just fun action movies to go after. Yeah, and it's a broad enough genre. I know right. some people disagree with that. They think it should be more tight. But like it's a broad enough genre where you can have some fun with what you're picking. Oz, were you happy with what you ended up with there? Yeah, I got. I ended up with Fight Club, Independence Day 1 and 2. And I, I think those are good. It depends, though. I, I know sometimes when you stretch the the category like when you stretch the rules of the category that doesn't really work out it hasn't worked out for me before so i don't know how fight club's gonna do because it is action but is it really like action yeah there were some people starting their own fight clubs over whether that was action <laughs> yeah. i asked before you I, did i you cleared did get it, it cleared. before you did get it cleared it's always a safe way to go and one thing um, i don't think we pointed out is the something that didn't get chosen which is always like like rolling stones like top action movies no one picked mad max fury road but that's like so high up on all like the critics Best uh, action movies. Of all was time. it ineligible because yeah. it was up for best picture? Oh, was it best picture? Yeah. Nom, no, yeah. So right. that one wasn't. That explains uh, it because I love that movie. Wasn't good to go. But then, like none of the, none of the Fast and the Furious movies went. The original oh, wow. Mission Impossible didn't go. Surprised um, you didn't ban Fast and the Furious because we we knocked out a few other franchises, right? Marvel yeah, and DC. Yeah, we knocked out the fanboy franchises. Right. You know, the ones that have like an obnoxious amount of voters that are just going to click just to click. Uh, like Star Wars and Kieran and just Marvel. doesn't want to talk about superheroes. Yeah, that's really <laughs> so he's gonna make he's gonna <laughs> cultivate the rules. I get it. I get it. I mean, we could keep it that simple if you'd like it to. Because that that is true. Uh, Artie, your movies. How are you feeling? Because you're the only one in this room here who's actually won one of these damn things. So yeah, I have. I got uh, Kill Bill Volume One. I got Speed, True Lies, and Seven Samurai was my true. wild card fourth round. Yeah, pick. you got some tomatoes thrown at you for that. Yeah, because <laughs> I haven't seen it. Yeah, it's your artsy, drafting. your artsy pick. Yeah. Yeah. That he hasn't seen. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, I haven't seen it. So. We shall see. Voting is uh, is out there uh, starting March 1st. So I think this is going to be dropping a little bit before then. But you can uh, tune in ready to go on Twitter. March 1st, that voting starts. It's uh, always crazy. And it's always like, right, it gets posted. And then like five minutes in, you look and you go, oh, of course. How did I not know that that would win? You know, like all of a sudden it's up like a... Psh- 60% and boom. But we are here to talk about uh, a different kind of whoa, uh, whoa. car what, chase here today. What about today. your movies? Oh, my movies, If you can you can hear me talk for hours and hours and hours about my movies on our uh, our action draft and preview episode. So, But I am feeling good. Terminator, feeling great about that. I'm feeling great about Rambo First Blood, feeling good about uh, Minority Report, and then you know, Dirty Harry is kind of my, my personal favorite pick, but... We'll see how that does too. Um, but yeah, Terminator One. Terminator One. Yeah, okay. that's 
you know. T two went early, which I expected. Yes, yeah. I probably had I had the one one, I think I would have gone T two. Yeah. You know, I know there's some varying. Artie, you were a, a diehard. I would have went diehard. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, Grant obviously took point break. Oz, what would you have done? I would have done diehard. Diehard. Yeah. Bobby. I probably still would have. I would have done either T two or stick stuck with what I got, which is the rock. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Perfect. Rock's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right, but we're uh, here to talk about a much different sort of car chase uh, there is there is some car uh some cars going off little cliffs and stuff here I mean, no i don't know definitely not an action movie and driving miss daisy no no definitely not after the first five minutes but the first five minutes we got oh, a little yeah, bit of a uh, little bit of driveway action yeah. um driving miss daisy i'll start with oz here oz first of all was this a first watch for you uh yes okay it was yeah. what was your familiarity with Driving Miss Daisy, had you heard of it? Did you know it was the Best Picture winner? People chattering or what is it? Yes, I, I've heard of it. I knew it was a Morgan Freeman movie. Otherwise, didn't know too much about it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, uh, Bobby, I'll go to you next. Driving Miss Daisy, first watch? First watch, yeah. First watch. Any knowledge of it? Knew anything about it? I mean, it's it's kind of a... You know, it's been you hear it kicked around in in pop culture a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely heard of it. Like, Oz didn't know that much about it. I figured... That it was, you know, a play made into a movie, which mm-hmm. which it was, and I, yeah, I, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's about it. it. That's all yeah. I got. <laughs> so you're just you're just pushing play, hoping for the best. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Artie, how about you? I think this is not a first watch for you, right? Uh, it, might as well have been. Yeah, like yeah. I watched it once in college, but I was doing other stuff. It doesn't count. So yeah. this I didn't remember much about it at all. So this was a true first watch. Yeah. Okay. And and what did you know about it coming in? Um. I, it's not like a big mystery movie. I knew the gist of it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, because we're talking 89 here, too. So it's not a movie that's kind of in our consciousness where we're like, we're like five when that wins. So, um, you know, when you start getting into like the earlier mid-90s, that's when they're movies that we remember winning. So this is a little bit of force, but it's recent enough where it's kind of a- around our time. Uh, this is a-, a second watch for me. I saw this one over 10 years ago and remembered liking it. I expected to not like it this time because, you know, I think I saw it was probably like 22 or so, maybe even younger when I saw it. And I was kind of prepared to be like, all right, you know, this is going to get adjusted based on my kind of modern, modern way of viewing movies. And I'll say it was, was not what I remembered or expected at all. I guess we'll get into all that. Uh, but I, I think I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I have a lot of questions. I have more questions than answers. So, this one, guys. So I'm, I'm very much looking forward to getting into it. If you want to kick out some opening thoughts uh, here, uh, Artie, maybe we'll <laughs> you go first. This is one of the more <laughs> vanilla safe movies we've covered. I mean, this makes Ron Howard look like Marilyn Manson. <laughs> like, this is this is. This is as as PG as PG gets. Yeah. By the way, the last PG movie to win Best Picture. Safe is like is some kind of word. Uh, I I I I thought that this movie was more like racially controversial. I <laughs> yeah. mean, it might still be. I, I don't have a great eye for that. But I was expected to come in and see see like some real cringy stuff and maybe some stuff that was taking swing there's no swings and this is they're in the batter's box taking pitches mm. though <laughs> yeah. look trying to draw locks here like this is it's a conflictless movie for, yeah. the, for the most part conflict plot it's missing it's, it's missing a lot of stuff kind of like <laughs> kind of just like reading like the middle 
third of a biography. Us. So I, I, the first watch is is I tend to agree with everything you guys are saying. Um, I think if you kind of squint and uh, maybe reach at some times, <laughs> there's some there's some decent stuff in here that's not on the uh, on the surface. Some good catcher framing. In this <laughs> yeah, thing. yeah, you go. yeah. You gotta you gotta maybe give some credit where credit is not due. Some defensive war that we weren't we can't see in the bat in the uh, box. Car. I think there's ways to look at at this movie that make it a little more interesting. Yeah, I'll I'll say by second watch I was able to pick up some little you know, maybe not maybe not full acorns, but like little crumbs the squirrel <laughs> left behind. Um, but uh I gotta say the my first watch here last night, when the credits rolled, I'm not even joking, I burst out laughing. Like I, I, I flat out the end, alone in the my end room. Credits? The end the credit, like like when the the final yeah. scene of with like the and then the credit, like I, was, I just burst out laughing. Like that's it. Like this is the movie. Like yeah. it was just waiting for something else to happen. Kind of reminded me of the first time when you see Lost in Translation, and you're like, "Is anything going to happen? Like nothing's happening here." Yeah. I my my takeaway was it's a character piece. Obviously, this is not a plot plot everything. It's a play. Um, fine, whatever. There's a place for that. But it's like a character piece about characters that I didn't care about. So, <laughs> yeah. So the line that popped that kept popping into my head when I was watching this is none of these characters have any character. <laughs> yeah. 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 I didn't. You know, the other thing I think too is is that I think that Green Book like affected my memory of this movie a little bit. Like, I remembered it being schmaltzier, like a little more um, pulling at heartstrings. I think because of Green Book, because Green Book kind of does that stuff, mm-hmm. and because I guess you know you have the, <laughs> the obvious formatting of right. of it, and, and and then I was kind of questions like why did I like this so much back then? Because it's also it doesn't like I would have understood why I liked it more if it was a little more Green Booky, where it's mm-hmm. like pulling at heartstrings and I got suckered in by this or that. But I think I just probably was just in a good mood and just watched the movie. I was like, oh, that was a nice little tale. Yeah, I mean Morgan Freeman's character is charming, so I don't know. Maybe you were taken by that, but. I don't know. Miss Daisy was just kind of a mean. She was mean. She's kind of like negative Nancy the whole movie. Stu- stubbornness is a tough watch on screen. Just watching someone be stubborn and then right. you can't do anything about it. Like it's it's really just like not becoming. Yeah, we're gonna get into it all here, and uh, I think it's time. It's as good as time to any to just go on a uh, go on the full deep dive here and, and get ourselves back into into 1989. A year we've been twice before here with Best Picture Guest. Our first honorary episode roadhouse was 1989 and then our most recent honorary episode national lampoon's christmas vacation was also 1989 so this is our third time going 89 so let's uh do this and we'll discuss whether national lampoon's christmas or roadhouse should have won best picture at the (laughs) the very end of this thing (laughs) but the year is 1989 and the u.s president was george h.w bush George H.W. Bush is sworn into office January 20th, 1989 to become the 41st president in U.S. history after defeating Massachusetts Governor Michael Dukakis in the election of the previous fall, 40 states to 10. George H.W. was a Yale graduate and the youngest pilot in the active Navy when he received his wings. He flew in 58 combat missions in World War II. During Bush's presidency, he saw the end of the Cold War, but the start of the Gulf War. Now I ask you, gentlemen, do you know what HW stands for? Oh, I know. Herbert if you Walker. know it, okay, Shit. we know it. We know it. That's it. Artie, what'd you have Sorry. about that? I didn't. Have, I would have guessed like Henry Wallace, <laughs> Walker, Texas Henry Ranger. Wallace. 
Uh, Herbert Walker. Yes, you guys nailed it. Nas, you knew it too. You, I, yeah. I definitely knew Herbert. I don't. Okay. I may have said Wilson. Herbert Wilson. Yeah. yeah. Herbert Walker is HW. Very good there. Uh, Bobcat, you got your presidential trivia down. <laughs> 1989 World Series. Unless, Artie, you have further HW thoughts you'd like to throw out there. No. No? Okay. <laughs> the 1989 World Series uh, was the Battle of the Bay as both California Bay Area teams squared off in a Northern Cali showdown. The Oakland A's defeated the San Francisco Giants in a clean four-game sweep. Not such a clean uh, process about it, though. The World Series is most known for the earthquake that shook both areas and delayed the series on October 17th at approximately 5.04 p.m., approximately. Prior to the start of Game 3, the Loma Prieta earthquake struck Cypress Street Aqueduct, causing severe damage to both Oakland and San Francisco. Yeah, so the let, footage it, of it, that sh- is, shit uh, got shook up. There yeah, the footage of that is, I don't want to say interesting is not the right word. You could say like jarring. That, but j- <laughs> jarring. Yeah, jarring. Yeah. It's, it's something. Yeah, I mean, the, the like the whole upper deck started like collapsing. So it was right before game three. So it's postponed. The earthquake's on the 17th, and it's postponed until the 27th. So like you play game one and game two, and then have like a 10-day layoff in between games and then hop into game three and four on uh, October 27th. Uh, now, had it finished in seven games, it would have been the first World Series to go to November, which wouldn't happen until 2001 with, with all the 9-11. Might be a 30 for 30 on that or something. Ooh, there probably is. So. Yeah, there probably there must. is. If not, it was, it was definitely a popular old highlight, like baseball highlight yeah. things. Yeah, it's not a World Series that anyone talks about because it's like pretty boring in the sense you get like two games... Nope. A's over Giants, two games, A's over Giants, 10 days apart. No one cares about the A's. The A's could have Superman <laughs> on their team, and people would still like barely tune in. Well, let's talk about who was on the team. The A's were managed by Tony La Russa and uh, featured a stacked team that did not include Superman, but it included the Bash Brothers. Eckersley? Uh, Jose Canseco and Mark McGuire. They were using different substances than Superman was, I think. Reigning Rookie of the Year, Walt Weiss, and Hall of Famers Ricky Henderson and Dennis Eckersley. World Series MVP was starting pitcher Dave Stewart. And it may be a fun little movie fact here. Prior to Game 1, a, uh, there was a tribute to the late commissioner Bart Giamatti, and Giamatti's son, Marcus, threw out the first pitch. Bart Giamatti is the father of Paul Giamatti. Marcus is the brother of Paul Giamatti. Oh, no so, shit. Yeah. Okay. The number one Billboard song. I was already favorite section here. I guess to hear about all those pop classics. Now, 89, you think it had to be something that you'd heard of. Michael Jackson. I had never heard the song. Oh, wow. Never okay. heard of it. Never heard it till today. Obviously, you know the band. The band is Chicago. Oh. And the song is Look Away. Wow. So I played this one, and yeah, no recognition of it. What is your standard 80s ballad, pop, mm-hmm. rock type of deal? But that was the number one song of 89. Bunch of bangers uh, to go along with it, though. Other number one songs from the year. Bobby Brown, My Prerogative. I recently learned prerogative is a made-up word. Is that You guys know that? From that song? Yeah. It's no, I didn't know that. Prerogative is so not like Bobby a Is it not in the dictionary? It's not a thing, no. Hmm. Yeah, let's look it up. Yeah, we'll have to fact-check. Check us on that and DM us. <laughs> if you don't have hot movie takes, you can take uh, Artie's dictionary takes. We'll make, make it a spinoff. I, just, I mean, it I, appears to be in the dictionary, but... Maybe maybe it wasn't before uh, Mr. Brown uh, took took his prerogative and made it such. Paula Abdul, straight up. Great oh, tune. Yeah. Uh, Richard Marks, right here waiting. Talking about big power ballads. <laughs> Poison, Every right. Rose Has Its Thorn. Now we're talking. Fine Young Cannibals. She Drives Me Crazy. Great tune. Bette Midler, 
everyone's favorite, with uh, Wind Beneath My Wings. <laughs> Bette Midler was one of the people who was possibly going to play Miss, Miss Daisy. Prerogative is a word. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, you know, I, I wasn't going to I wasn't gonna go crazy it's on that one. A, I, I, like, I just get tricked by Instagram memes, and that's what happens to me. That was such a, should I say, jarring thing for you to say. I was like, what do you mean it's a made-up word? I don't. Yeah, well. yeah, I got a script to get through here. I can't be arguing with you about what's, what is and isn't in the Webster's Dictionary. Well, that's your prerogative. Well, we can uh, pronounce it, it, and it has a meaning. Yeah. So that, that's a song. word. <laughs> it's in fact a word with with the definition and, and the whole thing. Okay. Um, and then finally, Madonna, like a prayer, which is probably mm-hmm. the longest lasting song from that. Uh, I can't believe that wasn't the number one. How did Look Away really... Crazy. Crazy if you think about it, but it's the year-end number one. Driving Miss Daisy. We could say, how did that... How's that the number one uh, movie of the year either? Directed by Bruce Beresford, who previously was nominated for Tender Mercies. It was produced by Richard and Lily Zanuck, who probably are most well-known for producing Jaws. It's based on a Pulitzer-winning off-Broadway play by Alfred Uri who also adapted the screenplay. Music by future BPC Hall of Famer Hans Zimmer. Mm. Cinematography by Peter James. Film editing by Mark Warner. Costume design, we'll throw out there to Elizabeth McBride. Driving Miss Daisy, starring Jessica Tandy, Morgan Freeman, Esther Roll, Dan Aykroyd, and that's basically it. Really just four people in this movie, a couple insulary characters floating around. Nominated for nine Oscars, the winner of four, including Best Picture, Best Adapted Screenplay, Alfred Uri. Best Lead Actress, Jessica Tandy, and Best Makeup. All right, I've got a, I've got a Best Makeup question for this I movie. have several Best Makeup questions for this Can movie. I throw it out there now? Sure, sure. Do we think they stained Miss Daisy's teeth? Because they I, were really dirty. I do. I do. So that was a I choice. Noticed that. I noticed that, too. They intentionally stained her teeth. I hope. Usually they go the other way. Make and they whiten them. Yeah, yeah. They, they really wanted to... <laughs> Because uh, in, that inside of that house was very yellow, and yeah. kind of it was like her teeth matched the walls. Yeah, it was, I, I, it was gross. I noticed that too. It was it was it was grisly. You couldn't not see it once you saw it, kind of <laughs> yeah. thing. So the awards it was nominated for but did not win. Lead actor Morgan Freeman, supporting actor Dan Aykroyd, art set direction, costume design, and film editing. Not in the IMDb 250, unfortunately, for the uh, all those daisy heads out there. Not in the AFI Top 100 either. It did make a whole shit ton of money, though. Uh, yeah. $106.5 million domestic, $39 million international, for uh, a total of just under $146 million worldwide on a $7 million budget. I was going to say, what this movie cost? 30 bucks to make? Like, I mean... Yeah. I mean People in, those, in 1989 were spending a lot of money on Driving yeah. Miss Daisy. It's those are like big time action movie stats in back in the day, right? Making 150 yeah. million. Oh yeah, yeah. I in mean, 1989. That's like T two numbers, right? People went out and saw this movie. I, I mean, you know, now now Why? you get yeah. I mean, you get Fast and the Furious now is what people right. cut and say. This was just Driving Miss Daisy. What yeah. was the appeal back then? I have a lot of questions as I what? led this thing off with. Uh, this is. What did they think they were seeing? I think I said this on the Tom Jones episode, but I I may need to have to reassess. This is one of the strangest Best Picture winners that we've discussed so far. I mean, Tom Jones was strange in the sense that, like, I don't understand what anybody saw in it. Like, it's just out there and wacky and weird. And it's like doesn't match any other movie that's ever won. 
this is kind of like a, were they like lacing the popcorn with something while people were like, <laughs> they're coming out of the theater? Like, You know, I have an answer for this. Uh, the yeah, 80s. okay. Already a lot said. of crack. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like, does, does crack cocaine make you like fired up for uh, Jessica Tandy and, and Morgan Freeman driving around in a, in a Chevy? Uh, yeah, okay. People are like tweaking, <laughs> they're like watching this movie in the audience. I mean, listen, it's a very nice movie. It's very kind and warm sort of and you know there's like i think you said safe was the word you used mm-hmm. already it's not a challenging watch for sure yeah so maybe just people were just happy to sit in a chair for 90 minutes and the only the only thing is I've, I've seen the critical response to it with some some research but like you said i don't know what was what was the word of mouth that was making so many people see this movie my only ideas for it are either it was something just about great acting like Morgan Freeman mm-hmm. and uh, Jessica Tanny, or maybe it was like in one of the first, like um, because of the the racial stuff in it, like it's kind of a, a virtue signaling thing. Like yeah. this is the movie that's going to heal the racial divide <laughs> in America. Yeah, I think you hit on it. Maybe a little word of mouth at the performances and the the racial. Oh, yeah, but it's like you you didn't see it. Oh, you you. Uh, no, what do you have mean. against it? You know. <laughs> yeah. Like it's like Hamilton. Oh, you refused like, you didn't to see, see Hamilton. Well, you don't like. <laughs> what don't you like? My thing though is it's not really confronting race in the movie at no. all. No, like, they, they do it a bit with the Martin Luther King speech. A little bit. And the cop, like, the cop, and the bombing of the temple. Oh, the cop scene. Kind of sounds that. like a lot and, now that we're now that we listen. Yeah, well, they, well they, but it's like, they, but. Okay, it's in there, but they it, they're like brief scenes. They're just like, oh, this happened. Yeah. Boom, and let's move on. One you of know? my compliments for the movie, one of the few, was was is handling that topic sub- subtly is not something that is done very often. Usually, Agreed. it's like front and center. We are taking this on, and you and the audience are. This is what you need to think. But this I, is like really subtle with the way they did it. I think where they did it really well was with, and I, I don't know how you guys feel about the Dan Aykroyd. Uh, performance in this but i i think i got thoughts i think they did it really well with bully as bobby you said with the subtleties because he's kind of not great person he's also not overtly racist he just kind of like doesn't care as long as he can advance himself yeah he's certainly no activist correct no not not at all he doesn't have the personal prejudice you know i'm not a prejudiced person (laughs) what it was a little bit refreshing too is is that a lot a lot of times bobcat like you said about like them saying this is what we're taking on and this is they also like didn't seem to attempt to show it through either perspective you know Mm -hmm. sometimes like i think that was one of the issues people have green book is it's like race through the white character's perspective Mm -hmm. like i don't think this movie took a perspective it was just kind Mm -hmm. of this is Right. This is what's happening, and this is what happened. And yeah, it didn't lecture the audience, which is yeah. refreshing. And there yeah. was no like light bulb moment where it's like, oh, now Daisy's a good person. Right. Thing. Right. There which was I, no light bulb moment of it, but anything. Yeah, there was, there was, <laughs> there was really no moment. Like, yeah, right. this is, it was just two people's lives, just until they, they gradually got really, really old. Yeah. That's what this movie is. It's just two people aging. No, let me ask you this: Did you sense? Did you sense any romantic? romantic uh, no. Yeah, no, no. It was more companionship. I, I thought. If I'm gonna, we'll be positive about it for a second. And one of the things that that I liked, uh, and Oz, I think you kind of alluded to this a little bit when you're saying in the second watch. I do like the Miss Daisy character and the Jessica Tandy performance. I like the fact that that she has such a hard time connecting with people, and how she can't escape her own walls. And all she knows is her day to day, and she really just can't interact. So, and you have Morgan Freeman's character, who, who is just 
just as nice as it gets and just mm-hmm. as relentlessly nice and and how how long it takes to break her down mm-hmm. and to the the end result is just like they're able to sit next to each other peacefully they're not even like embracing or <laughs> you know like that's and how hard it must be to live that way you know where you're that you're that blocked off from human mm-hmm. connection and is that because you know her husband's not around anymore maybe that you know something with with that died with her is an element of grief uh, or if she just kind of was always that way and the only one who really got her was her husband. So like mm-hmm. that that's kind of an unanswered question in there too. But I, I think there's a little bit of character study in there. You know what she does a lot of is hanging the phone up on people. <laughs> like she, she would love her son to be like more involved and visit more. But then she hangs up on him in almost every conversation they have on the phone. Her phone skills are poor. <laughs> How dare you antagonize me in an ice storm? Poof. Yeah, right. And like Whoa. fake fake emergencies, like get it, like back that back then, like saying get over here, that's a big deal. Like it's there's no cell phones. You can't like call into your meeting and be like, I'm running late. Right. You have to you literally have to leave work. Yeah. You go away from your phone to drive there. No one can get in touch with you. Yeah. Yeah. Not to mention to go over and see like an elderly person who might have just fallen or something. Like you don't right. know what the issue is. The you don't know that it's wolf. just an empty can of salmon. Yeah. You know? I think they did a good job putting us in the the shoes of Bully with that though, because when she called about, I think it was the the stealing the the salmon. Mm-hmm. He, she's frantic, and his wife is sitting there like. Like, obviously, they've heard this a hundred times before, right. like rolling her eyes. And he's like, all right, I'm mm-hmm. coming. It's like, obviously, he's heard this uh, 500 times before. Did we ever get a sense of how far he was from her? No. No, I didn't. It was just like... I don't... Time and distance are mysteries in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Every so often, you'll see like you'll see like 1959 on like a coffee mug or something. You're like, like oh, okay. Man we... of the year, 1966 <laughs> or yeah. whatever it was. Ackroyd's on his uh, seventh hairdo, so we must yeah. be uh, <laughs> we must be moving on a little bit here. Yeah. So the way that I had to read IMDb trivia to figure out how long this movie covers, it's 1948 to 1973, and this is how you figure out 1948 is the year. The first time he drives her to Piggly Wiggly, there's a movie in the background. Mm. Scudda who, scudda hey. It's a real movie that came out in 1948. It's like that's the only way to figure out that that's 1948. <laughs> you just have to know the year. Scudda who, scudda hey. Yeah, yeah. Or, or have IMDb <laughs> trivia. Well, they weren't uh, they weren't spoon feeding you things here than that in that regard. Then I, I didn't guess. know Krispy Kreme was around back then. I didn't oh, either. Dude, I perked up for that too. I yeah. either. For that too. So is this this movie's <laughs> on the wrong side of the line of, of trying to balance giving you too much and not giving you enough? It doesn't give you anything, right. really. I'm just I'm asking. Yeah, uh, no, I'm... I'm yeah. Yes and no, because yeah. there's moments where they're spelling some things out. Right. I mean, I, I would love to ultimately hear the Joey R. take on this, because he always gets very fired up about such things, and I know he was with, with Green Book, which is, you know, I guess it's impossible to not bring up Green Book with this movie. Right. And that one was one of the ones he thought was the biggest defender of just telling you how to feel and feeding you what was happening next and, and this and that. There was no real thinking for the audience. I think the audience had to think a little bit in this, but mostly just because not a whole lot was happening. So yeah. you're not left to do much else. But We're in this movie now, right? I can ask Yeah, oh, we're, we're in it. We're in it. What do you guys think of Daisy's performance, the actress? Jessica I thought Kennedy. it was like... It was pretty much all one note, and then she had, like, two monologues that were, I guess, good. But, like, <laughs> other than that, it was, like, very one note. I, She's just upset all the time, and that's com- it. Completely agree. I thought there was nothing to it. It was just, like, a steady line the whole way yeah. with, a, a, like, a little bump in the road when she does her monologue. It's nothing even crazy crazy demanding. Like, she's not emoting all over the place. Well, here, here's where I'd say it. it 
the the subtle nature of it that is demanding is is that you can't as a performer here for this role you can't ever let the audience in even at the very end the audience never is allowed in and that's very hard for like a movie star to do so like i don't know that i don't know that like a bet midler i think that would have been a disaster you know had well they had, wanted to pair bet midler with eddie murphy yeah, I mean... That's a very different movie. It's a very, sounds very like different a movie. movie. Yeah, it, sounds, <laughs> sounds more fun. it might be more fun. <laughs> it might be more fun. I think that when we're talking about like being reclusive and being repressive and really not letting anyone into your world, and that's kind of the point of the movie, which, again, whether you want that to be the point of your movie or not is a whole other conversation. But I, I do think that she executed that pretty well. And you don't, you're not supposed to end up loving Miss Daisy. You're not supposed to be like, mm-hmm. oh, she was good all along. Like, I think Ozzy said right. that. Yeah. Or, or, you know, there is no aha moment with her. She's just kind of like a, she's just like a tough nut to crack. And she's a handful for the people around her. But there is like a person who loved her husband there. You know, there is. A human. There's a, a human. human. Yeah, there's a there's a soul in there. To, you know, To um, piggyback on you is kind of what I was mentioning before. And I, I don't want to start saying what the movie is supposed to be about because obviously I think it's clear it's about it's supposed to be about Hoke and Tandy's relationship. Um, right. But if you take it as all right, this woman who is used to a certain status, she's getting old, she's alone, and there's a lot of isolation. It's like self-imposed isolation because of how she behaved. I think she, I guess she has one one kid taking care of her and nothing else. She put, I think she puts on a real good performance about with, with showing that isolation. Isolation that, is another good you know, word that, for that's it. How yeah. I, that's how I take it, that she's isolated. Maybe she brought it on, well, not maybe, she brings it upon herself, but she's struggling with this isolation and loss of status as she gets old. Now, you said status used twice there. Now, are you talking about like class? Or are you just talking about money and what she thinks is important as far as other people's perception? That's because all the ca- she's Yeah, about. because the character is very like adamant to say, you know, I'm not rich. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's, she she's not. Well, she, she struggles with her. She she probably wasn't rich as a, as a child and now is rich. Yeah, I think her conflicts are more their independence is really what is like. Yeah, the, you know, and and I, I mean, listen, having someone say you can't drive anymore that's kind of yeah. a big shitty moment in life. Like but she that's, cared that know, Hulk was outside of the temple to pick her up. Yeah, because she, was, she didn't want her friends to think that she was like yeah. a hoity-toity rich person. And like those, you know? those card games, whatever the hell they were playing, those like dice games. Mahjong, Ma, yeah. Mahjong game. She didn't, those, they weren't friends. She was just trying to kind of show who's who's the, the higher status there. One thing in her performance, I guess, that, I, that when I actually felt something was I think they were going over to the son and, and her daughter-in-law's house, and she finally kind of opened up to to uh, Morgan Freeman a bit just just because she was talking gossip she was talking shit about her her daughter-in-law and I, it was such a moment of relief I was like oh god finally finally she's not tense and being an asshole to him yeah she's opening up yeah she's opened up once and then I think she rattles it right but out then it she comes yeah. back she she like reverts to it it's not like a character arc she goes back to the crabby old woman that she was the bump the bump in the line right, yeah. yeah yeah the problem is not with her performance the problem is with the writing uh, so that's what I wanted to get to here her performance is limited by the the way the character's written yeah. and and the script she has to work with. I I don't think her performance is bad, but I don't think it's great or over the top or you know s- scene stealing because of what she has to work with. Like I feel like the character isn't great. But is isn't that 
realistic in a sense that if you're going to get, well, how old is she when she's, this movie starts? Six, probably 60. Well, she's 97 at the end. At the end. So, so what, do the math. What you said, it ends in 72? 40. And it starts when? So she was 72. 25 years past the movie. In the yeah. Movie. So you take in 72. 72. A 70-year-old lady who obviously has issues with race, to say the least. She's her progress isn't going to be like a straight line, and she's never going to get there either. More, more likely than not, she might take a little step here, a little step there, but she's never. It's never going to be like, oh, we're all good friends now. And I take that as more realistic than yeah, I, than a poor arc. I had some screenplay issues too. I don't know that there were as much with her. I I do get what you guys are saying, and and I'm not disagreeing. I I think that's a good point. I had issues with Aykroyd's character and and the lines that he had to deliver. It, it was, oh, mama. You know, it was like very, oh, yeah. like, it was all very, like, lines in a play. It, it's, it really seemed like a play when he was in the middle of it. And now how much of that is his acting ability and how much of that is is what he was given to to, to read off. And that I don't want to shit on Dan Aykroyd because I, I love Ghostbusters. It's one of my favorites. And he's, you know, a, a very likable actor. And, you know, not, and I don't, just don't want to be the, the shit heel that's burying Dan Aykroyd in this thing. But mm-hmm. I, he, to me, he was not great in this. Do we and think he, he did this just to, like, uh, award chase? It like, seemed... Want me to do a serious movie and this one... It, it seemed like there was a bit of that. Yeah, yeah. I... That wouldn't I, surprise me in the least. Yeah. Like, his, his agent was, got him the role. Right. I thought he was fine, and it could be, it could be a little bit of celebrity gimmick casting too. You know, mm-hmm. he's coming off of Ghostbusters. You know, he's, right. he's got uh, Bruce Brothers is probably late eighties too, right? There's a bit of that, so like let's let's spice up this this stuffy costume play with uh, you know the guy from Ghostbusters, and he's mm-hmm. going to play a serious role, and you know that right. maybe that's leading into that box office number two. I think he's only one. He's one of the only people really on screen that's like. Entertaining. There's only vi- three of them. Vi- <laughs> like vivacious and like his scenes are interesting and he has character. Like he, yeah, I, I like his character. I feel like his character is one of the more developed characters in a in span of like an emotional range. Oz, what I like. I, I, I like. I liked it a lot. I thought he did a great job. I thought you know specifically there's a few scenes that he's very good in. I thought he was very good in the the scene with the uh, stealing the food. Just from what I was saying before, like he doesn't care. He's not there to defend. Hulk, he's there to just like solve this problem. Like he don't care. He doesn't yeah, care right. about anything. He's just trying to solve this problem. Maybe in that situation he looks like a decent guy, but he's just like, oh, just get me out of this house. And then fast forward later, it's like, oh, you want me to go to the Martin Luther King dinner? I can't go. It's gonna mess up my business. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It just shows like when it serves him, right? It, he's gonna go where it serves him. Right. He doesn't care about the outside. That's the most interesting character the, element it, in the movie. I think I it's a very realistic character too. This movie has a lot of realism, I'd say. Almost to the point and of it, maybe being a flaw where it gets a little... Not, it's not a movie. Yeah, it's like, it's, it's not right. interesting. <laughs> it's just a Tuesday. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's just 25 years. Cut. Yeah, I guess it's not interesting watching people who uh, in 1940 who are the same in 1975. Yeah, yeah. They're just the same people. <laughs> this woman and her chauffeur got slightly closer over a yeah. period of 25 yeah. years. She let's screen, let's screen light the movie. <laughs> She took a half step to tolerating black people by the time she was 95. I now I have never been prejudiced. We had a white cat. I'm dying. I'm dying. Pitch this movie. All this racist old woman and her chauffeur get slightly closer over the period of 25 years. 
<laughs> All right. Well, we're Great. good. Despite her assuring everyone she's never been prejudiced. Well, the crazy thing is that we're shitting on the writing. It also won the Oscar for Best Screenplay. Yeah. And it won the Oscar for Best Picture, too. <laughs> <laughs> I think the we're, like, yeah. we're like, the problem here is the writing. I think it's um, Best Screenplay. I think it's cracked yeah. in the 80s. And it beat out. I don't, I don't know if we do this or not. Uh, is... we'll, we'll, we're going to do that at the end. So okay. we'll, you, you can, why don't you just kick it off since you brought it up? Well, we're, we're, to... This isn't even the best uh, picture. This is the best writing. I was, I was most yeah, offended okay, yeah, by go, the, go, go. the Oscar for best writing. It beat out Field of Dreams, um, My Left Foot, Born on the Fourth of July, and Enemies Love Story. I don't know what Enemies Love Story is. but And those are the adapted screenplay nominees. Yeah. Yeah. Also, this guy adapted it from his own thing. Mm, okay, that's Come where on, I was going man, next. That's an original screenplay. He's adapting his own screenplay to a movie from a play. What I've kind of noticed in this, and I might, I got to have to check myself a little bit on this, but I, when people are adapting their own work, there's it sometimes often feels like there's something missing a little bit it's particularly with plays like i know like man for all seasons is one where robert bolt's a great screenwriter and, and all that and but it, there was a few of us who were kind of like really thought that it was a little cold and it was a little dry and i i wonder if you know you you know stephen king famously wanted to adapt the shining and uh kubrick was like uh no and then king got all mad but i think that it would have not been the movie that it is today if right. King had done that. Like, I think sometimes there needs to be a separation between the person who, who writes the play mm-hmm. or the novel and the one who writes the movie. It's yeah, a different, be, it's a different thing. You could be altogether. too close to your, to your project. Yeah. You don't want to be too close. But this one, I, I don't know if this is the point you're making already, but this, it does, didn't seem like a big effort to adapt this one because no. it's, yeah. a, it's, it was this guy's play and he adapted it and there's not a lot you have to change. Yeah, and it just felt like yeah. a play. It really a felt of, like a play. It's like Watch they're talking, it did, it they're really talking in the car. And I don't mean that in a good house. way. Right. Like, you can get some scenic shots that you couldn't on a on right. stage. What is it? What are they doing on stage in the car? They're just sitting there like doing the I fake drama. Yeah, I think yeah, so, yeah. Dealing with. That's got to be a tough hang, right? Yeah. Just sitting there and you know, moving the steering wheel. Oh, oh Miss Daisy. You know, like, <laughs> like, I don't know. Yeah. It just seems harder to adapt like the Da Vinci Code into a screenplay oh, yeah. versus what they had to do with for this. Yeah. This is basically just put it in a different format. That's it. Right. You just have to reformat it for yeah. a movie. Yeah, the work <laughs> put it in is, final draft. The work is by the cinematographer and the director. That's yeah. the work. It's not the screenwriter. Right. The screenwriter and he, just, I, Morgan Freeman was even in the off-Broadway play. He made he the, was the original. He was the original. So oh, he was. He's, he's already been yeah. doing this oh, character wow. before they put this on screen. What did uh, you guys think of his performance? I thought he was one? great. We didn't, we didn't talk about him yet. I thought he was great. I thought that in the early goings, he was really charming, and I liked him. And then I really got tired of it uh, towards the end of the movie. I'm, I'm kind of with Bobby on this one. I, I was underwhelmed. Is that him, though? Or is I it just the nothing that happens to the character just starts to take a toll on the audience? He's the same at the end as he is at the beginning. Yeah, it, it felt just it felt like there was a shtick going on there that got a little that got a little tiresome by yep. the end of it for me. And I love Morgan Freeman, and I was expecting to come into this to to love to have him be the part that I really loved about it. And mm-hmm. I just, I didn't dislike it, but yeah, I just, it, it became a little tiresome for me, yeah. for me too. Yeah. I, I thought Tandy and Aykroyd were, were very good. And Morgan Freeman was oh, okay. Hmm. It was fine. Funny. I thought Tandy was like, meh. No. Morgan Freeman was 
the thing keeping me interested. And I and I was I enjoyed Tandy was just fine with with Freeman and was was a little low on Ackroyd. So yeah, and I liked Ackroyd. <laughs> this is what happens when there's three characters in a movie and everyone needs are to have doing, a take on them. Are we doing fuck Mary Kill with the three characters? <laughs> yeah, I mean, so we, we need a tiebreaker here, man. Yeah. To rank them. I don't uh, think anyone's marrying Miss Daisy. So, <laughs> well, what year are we talking? Nineteen forty-eight. Definitely 19- kill Miss Daisy. I'm gonna kill what? kill Miss Daisy. <laughs> Probably fuck Say Dan it. Aykroyd. Say it. Probably fuck Morgan Freeman and marry Dan Aykroyd because he's got he dolls. actually seemed like he had a fun lifestyle. I'm yeah, gonna like... marry. I'm gonna marry. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna marry um, Hulk there. And um, you know, let's let's have a wild night with Miss Daisy. Let's see where it goes. And uh, and you know, Aykroyd can kick rocks. He's okay. he's out of here for me. Uh, Dan Aykroyd's wife was pretty hot. Country getup, fluoride or whatever her name was, fluorine. She didn't do much. <laughs> that's a, named that's a, like an element. No, that's a that's an underwritten character now, there, isn't it? <laughs> like what the? Like why even have her in the movie at that point? Well, I don't think she, I actually she's don't think she's in the play. play. Yeah. Oh, like, so the guy didn't like the fact that they added someone who wasn't know, in his play. I I literally read that the guy who wrote it added this character quote. Because he liked the way she looked in the costume, like oh. that cowboy uh, costume. Uh, I see what part. So it was like a skeevy little character they <laughs> yeah, wrote in. He tried to, yeah, he did some, you know, some chasing her around backstage. Yeah, he probably I'm took sure. her out to lunch yeah, a few times. God. Yeah, she rolled her eyes once and yelled at the uh, worker for uh, not having coconut or something, right? Yeah, that was coconut. That was her. Yeah, I can yeah. see it. Like in, in the play when the mother's contacting the son, like he's off stage. And then he could just walk on stage and be in the scene. But now they're actually like showing what the son's doing. Right. So he's like some playboy in the city with some hot little numbers. So like mm-hmm. I can totally see why they added. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit of his world. Like create a little. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, his world a little bit. They probably should have added some more characters to this thing too. I mean, it's like there's four people in the movie, and one of them dies halfway through. Like, like what? You know? I mean, I, wait. I, and aside from that, she might have said 15 words before she died. Yeah, I liked her character. I liked her a lot. And I liked her connection with with Daisy. Like I liked the we we know how to stay out of each other's ways. <laughs> I watched this and I was like, ooh, I kind of like Dan Aykroyd's accent. I was like, nobody's gonna like this. And I yeah, liked it. A little little fog, mama. little foghorn leg horny for me. Yeah. You know, you know now, mama, I, now, mama, I told you. You know what it reminds me of? Um, Andy in the office. He's like, you gotta add a little molasses. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's like, that's a little too savannah. I don't know if that's a good thing. Cars do not behave; they are behaved upon. Yeah, that great line. Great line. <laughs> do you think that Bully? He's the only child, and Bully doesn't have any kids. On like, just no. Well, Bully does. We know that he does because he what the the Tandy is. Well, Daisy is the playwright's grandmother. Okay. So Bully is his father. So we know oh. it through that. Like from our behind the scenes knowledge oh, okay. of how or why it was written. Oh, we know that. But yeah, I guess. But maybe not. Maybe he wrote. I was just wondering if it. there was like something to that, or it was just a play that they didn't want to have a lot of characters in, so they just knocked, you know, they're just like, oh, only child. <laughs> the, the people writing this seemed like they were overwhelmed by complexity and tried to do their best to avoid it. <laughs> yeah. Maybe it was <laughs> a choice. Too many characters, that, you know. Maybe it was a choice. You know, Grant's not unlike that. He's sitting at home saying, it's not a choice, it's just bad. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, maybe, maybe have Hawk's grandkids kind of appear and give them some character in the mix have him you know have his learn a little bit about his life outside of driving Miss Daisy around you know like there's definitely an avenue to, to improve she, upon his her. granddaughter drove him to uh meet right. Dan Aykroyd yeah they mentioned her right they mentioned her like why why can't we see her why can't we cast someone in that I can't role introduce you know? new characters three that's it three <laughs> that's what you get you get three and you get, we'll give you a fourth but she's dying halfway through well, there's just no concept to the story 
Like give, <laughs> give her a drug problem or yeah, have them no, get married. Yeah, there's no conflict. <laughs> yeah. yeah, where's the scene? Where's yeah. the scene of her fumbling cocaine in the bathroom? <laughs> to... You get the you get the driveway accident in the beginning. That's it. That's what you get. You know what? I was trying to. This movie sucks. I was trying to defend it. Oh, oh wow! <laughs> wow! I'm you kidding. just I'm scared Oz away. Um, okay, let's... Uh, no, you scared him away by putting him all those 30s movies and then Tom <laughs> Jones. He doesn't even know how to like a movie anymore. <laughs> I know. I want all these movies. I'm like, I swear I do like some He's movies. watching a movie he loves. He's like, I don't even know what to think right now. I don't know what's going on. All right. Let's talk about the score. Uh, oh, I Kieran, guess. I have a big question mark waiting for you. What is going on with this? Like, I think... So this is what I think happened in 1989. Crack infiltrated <laughs> Hans oh, Zimmer's go. home. Yes. It infiltrated the academy. Okay. And 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 that's a big reason why we have the results we have in 1989. Okay. Crack just infiltrated everything. Once again, no. So Hans I think Zimmer more validity to my theory than you give credence. <laughs> this is this is very early on Hans Zimmer's career here. Rain Man was his first nomination. It was the year before. This score. Hmm. Where do I begin with this? I've said in the past, and I'll, I'll say again, I do kind of like I'm a sucker for the 80s dated synthy score. Like it's kind of like it's it, it sometimes is like a bit of a warm blanket for me. It like it feels like mm-hmm. I'm going back in time a little bit. And I kind of, you know, early 90s, 80s. Yeah. Uh, not this one. Um, the, there's in addition to it just being flat out annoying. There's a uh, a complete inconsistency to it. Like it just stops halfway through. Like it's just it's like someone unplugs Don Zimmer's keyboard. You know? fir- like, That's fir- enough of that. At first it's synth, and then there's like a wind in one single wind instrument and a guitar playing. I, I'm, I'm, I'm like, what, like what 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 is going on right now? It's like trying to be eighties. Because the movie comes out in the 80s, but it's also trying to be 40s. So it's like he's like playing this old little 40s doodle in in the mix of all the synth. And it's just like it won't go away for the first 20 minutes of this movie. It's just like it's it's all over the place. And then it like takes a couple weird turns. And then by the end of it, it's not even around anymore. Well, I was going to say in the from in the at the end of the first act, beginning of the second act, there's no score. It's just silent. And I'm like, well, well, there was all this raging synth <laughs> going on, and now there's nothing. I'm gonna make a, a the score biz- is distracting. I'm gonna make a bizarre analogy here. This is for my Star Wars people out there. This this score is like the Jar Jar Binks of scores. <laughs> like it's it's Episode One. It's just everywhere, and it's like, what the fuck is going on with it? Get this 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 has to stop. Like this thing's got to go away. And then at some point, about midway to Episode Two, Episode Three. They're like, all right, we got to minimize this character. And then by the end, they're like, this isn't going to be a thing anymore. We got to get rid of this. My, <laughs> my question for you is, is this the worst score we've covered? It, it, it might be. About. It might be. I'd have to, I'd have to really kind of look at the list. We just did Spotlight, and we, we gave the score a really hard time on that. But I don't think that our issue was is that it was like bad. It was just kind of not good. Yeah, this is like almost not cohesive. This score, yeah. <laughs> like, this is like functional. Like, so I'm, that's what I'm yeah, saying. Like, yeah, there was like some misusage with the with the spotlight worked. We just didn't like it. Yeah, my biggest issue was it it, it kicks in at such weird times. Yeah, like it initially when she like she's she's like all, all pissy and she gets out of the car to walk to the Piggly Wiggly and then the score kicks in and I'm like, what am I supposed to like? Yeah. walk in? am I, I supposed to be that. like? 
I hope she gets back into the car. I hope she has to walk. Like, what am I supposed to? I don't. I don't understand why the score kicked in. Here. And then there's emotional scenes where you think there would be score, and it's just crickets. <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> like, it's like, give me a little piano or something. Yeah, like, a little like Zales commercial. Theme. Roll credits in silence. Let me um, guess. Yeah. What one for best score? Since uh, we, we've all agreed that <laughs> was, it's horrible. <laughs> was not nominated for score. Now, and and then in the most insane moment of the entire ninety-minute film. When, when she calls Ackroyd over to the house in the morning and, you know, ex- explains that she's been, been stolen from, and she goes, and he took a can of salmon, and it zooms in on the salmon, and you hear in the score, dun, 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 dun. It's like what? Huh. It was like it sounded like a it sounded like a '30s like crime film. With it like oh it, wow, and it zoomed in. I'm like, is this like a Looney Tunes cartoon? Right, is this What's a bit? <laughs> I had to rewind it to make sure. I thought maybe I was just like it's like one of those like you dozed off and like it, you get jolted by like a quick dream or something. Like no, it, it just, go back and watch that scene. It is it's insane, and it zooms in on her hand holding the empty can. Right. What was what was that choice? It's 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 unlike anything else in the entire movie. That's the riskiest choice they took this whole movie. <laughs> I'm wondering if they were using the score to judge the character, like in her mind, this is a serious crime, and they're kind of like making fun of the character a little. Yeah, bit. Yeah, but that's it's what it felt like. It felt like there was yeah. like a like a tongue in cheek moment, but that doesn't right. match the tone of anything else no, we right, see in yeah. the movie. Yeah. It's like yeah. it's it's yeah, that's the most dramatic part of the movie. Like canned salmon, which is gross to begin with, by the way. Oh yeah, can I never even heard of canned salmon. Uh, yeah, that's I saw that. I'm like, you, you really didn't want the pork chop? You wanted canned salmon? What do you like? This is cat food. I think the pork chop went bad. He uh, he said it was tough. Tough. Right? Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. she, gave, she gave him for old leftovers. Uh, okay, I have a I have a uh, kind of a. A fun one here for you guys to kind of shift gears for a second. A, we get a nice little Christmas scene in this movie, a little Bing Crosby record that they mm-hmm. zoom in. And uh, is it Santa Baby? It might be Santa Baby. Uh, I'm not. Ooh. I'm not totally yeah, I'm not sure. sure. But this is the tenth movie we've covered here, the tenth Best Picture winner that we've covered here, that has a Christmas song in the movie. Right. Mm-hmm. So can we uh, can we guess some of the others? If you're playing along at home, you can pause and think on your own. Just Best sure, Picture winners uh, that we've covered. Okay. That we've covered. This right, is the so tenth Cavalcade. Uh, Cavalcade, believe it or not, is not one of them. Oh, that's New Year's. It was New Year's, yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. I would imagine Godfather's in there. Uh, the Godfather is one, yes. Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas is yeah. uh, is prominently displayed in The Godfather. Forrest Gump was... Um, we didn't cover it yet. Didn't cover yet, but I, that's a good question. Is there Christmas in Forrest Gump? There's definitely, definitely New, New Year's. Year's. We definitely get New Year's. Good right. question. One of, the, uh, one of the ones you were on there, Bob. Chicago. No, not Slum Chicago. Dog? Not Slumdog, no. no. So the other one. <laughs> one other. Annie oh, Hall. Annie Hall. Annie Hall. Annie Hall. Okay. Annie Hall. The other movie very similar to this one, Green Book. The English Patient. You remember Ray Fiennes has his little Christmas hat on in a very creepy scene. Um, everyone's favorite Christmas movie, Crash, mm-hmm. takes place during Christmas time. Um, Bing Crosby singing Going My Way in the middle of May. Oh, uh, singing well, uh, yeah, Silent way. Night in the middle of May. Um, how about Mutiny on the Bounty? They have that little uh, island Christmas party. Oh, right. Yeah. I was God rest ye merry gentlemen. We Sound have music? Annie Hall. No, well, Sound of Music is a funny one because it's that that has become a Christmas song. Favorite My favorite things. things has kind of become a Christmas song. Mm. So I didn't count that. Rocky. Oh, that leaves the the one. This is kind of like a technicality on this one. Is uh, Around the World in Eighty Days. During that opening sequence, Jingle Bells plays during the uh, the snow sequence. In That's the, tough in the one. Movie. So That's yeah, tough tough, one. tough question. We'll see how we'll just see how Grant and Joey did because they're probably the only people who were 
get them um, on on the edge of their seat, ready to to go on that one. Where else do we uh, need to go with this? I hate backseat drivers. <laughs> she is fucking brutal. Yeah, the, we might as well walk going to a little fast. She's like, speed limit's 35. I'm going 19. He's you like, should start calling anyone who's backseat drives on you. Just start calling them Miss Daisy. Oh, <laughs> Daisy. It's yeah. a good idea. But she's How used to she's off? used to just getting her way. That's I know, it. Yeah. yeah, I know. But like, they, she's so stubborn. It's like to a it's a hard, it's a hard watch to be have her be that stubborn. I'll I'll, I'll decide myself if I want a. a, a a flower garden. Like, it's like, all right, you want me to unplant all these nice flowers <laughs> that I put? Bitch. I didn't find her at Oz like that entitled. I found her just very stubborn and stubborn, insecure, and, yeah, and closed off. Yeah. yeah, and she's also like incompetently mean. Like they don't even take her seriously when she tries to be like authoritarian to them. Mm. Like I, Idella, is that her name? Is that her name? Uh, uh, yeah, uh, Idella like kind of just tolerates her. She doesn't even take her that seriously. Yeah, played by Esther Roll, and, you know, again, talk about not being given very much as far as the script goes, but really doing a lot with a little. I thought she was I thought she was great in there. Totally agree. Yeah. Um, I took her as entitled in not so much, like, the, the money, but mm-hmm. as far as just, like, relationships with others. Like, she didn't care about relationships with others. She just, she's like, how, how can I be perceived as I think she better? was incapable of having relationships. And maybe that's, like, once she was alone, that was it. But the question is, is like, what was she like before her husband passed away? Because there is that emphasis of her taking care of the grave. and You know, really that would have been a really interesting thing for this movie to dive <laughs> in. <laughs> well, you're only meant to get to that if you sit down and have a 90-minute podcast in this 90-minute movie. I would like to see how, how much of her interpersonal relationships are affected by her grief. Uh, or if she was always that way, maybe her husband was just a pushover. I don't know. I mean, because I, 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 even like someone who's like a coddling spouse doesn't seem like even they would have success with her. One of the things that I, I really enjoyed about the movie, and I think this was one of my knocks on Green Book, was the uh, the setting and and using Georgia as a uh, as a major part of this movie. Getting not not just getting that sweltering summer heat that everyone pictures when they think of Georgia, mm-hmm. but getting Georgia in the wintertime, getting Georgia in the spring, and mm-hmm. and seeing the different um, aspects of the weather and the different faces the weather has to show. I, I really thought there was a lot of beautiful scenery in this movie. I don't think yeah. it's the most intricately shot movie, but I, I think they, there was a lot of um, there was a lot of outdoor little pieces of scenery that really kind of made gave this movie a little bit of a glow to it. Yeah, they're, they're, the house was like the yard was very lush and um, real, a real, yeah. you know, a real Georgia you know, house too. Though, well, I like didn't, a, I didn't, I don't expect that with Georgia. So <laughs> that's just cool. I, I kind of noticed there's um, almost everything happening on the fringes of the story would have been a more interesting movie. I know, <laughs> I know, I know we keep coming back to this, but so like at the end of the movie, um, Hoke mentions his granddaughter, who's a 37 year old biology professor at a university. So like young black woman in the deep south in the 70s being like a prominent biology professor that's a better movie um when dan eckard wins the like businessman of the year and like you know so like jewish guy starting a company in mobile in yeah he said his grandfather started it so now we're talking about like 1920s or something that would be more interesting. And, and, Dan, and just Dan Eckard's life of being like a playboy in the city. In the yeah. city this girl so I'm saying if you squint real hard, there's some good yeah. stuff in here. Yeah, but they, they chose to focus on the most boring, uninteresting <laughs> character of this entire story. 
It's Daisy. You think it's something that we just we don't like when we're eighty, we're gonna be like, oh, I get why it's so good. No, you no, think we're missing it. Uh, no. Well, I, I don't know. Maybe I don't. Think so. I, I don't. I don't it know. It might if... be more relatable because we'll probably not be able to drive anymore. Right. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the day the first day we all get our licenses taken away. That's yeah, I'm not popping you know, this movie. We're gonna be like, oh, we're the same exact person as 40 years ago. Just a couple little steps. You know, maybe. <laughs> I wonder how much of it is is like you had to be around in '89, mm-hmm. you know, to see it, or is it like you said, is it a generational thing? And is it mm-hmm. like, is this movie just for, you know, for for moviegoers of a different demographic? Mm-hmm. And I feel like those moviegoers are not. You know, are not as, as as heard from in in the movies that are coming out uh, today. Can we, sw- can we switch over to something a little more interesting here, quick? <laughs> what, what what that would be <laughs> going got? against everything with the source materials telling us not to do? But, what are we yeah. drinking? Oh yes, what are we drinking here today? Of course, I was uh, uh, was so wrapped up in the in the intricate life of of Miss Daisy. Uh, I have one of my favorite beers, one of my favorite seasonal beers, the uh, Samuel Adams Cold Snap. Yeah. So it's uh, it's a go to this time of year for me. Uh, we just uh, had the the Super Bowl last night, so football is over now. We are headed toward baseball season, where we still have to endure this uh, this month. Pitchers and catchers reported today, but the one thing that keeps me going this time of year is the cold snap. It gets me uh, is it an through IPA that month. Or is uh, it? No, it's a it's a um, they call it a white ale, okay. but it's a kind of like a wheat type of beer, but it's not like really blue moony or okay. anything like that. So uh, I've had it. I, I like, I like it. it. Yeah, yeah, good, really good on yeah. tap too. Yeah. Uh, Oz, what do you think? I got a uh, Montauk Cold Day IPA. Seasonal, cold snap and cold day. Cold there day. I mean, yeah, that's another really good one. Hasn't been hasn't been too many cold days, but you know, no, it's, it's been seasonably warm up there here. Yeah. We haven't had any ice storms where we've had to have uh, Morgan Freeman show up and and help us <laughs> right. out early in the morning. Um, Artie, I am drinking a nice Irish beer in honor of driving Miss Daisy Guinness. Been on a Guinness kick all winter. Is there's no Irish people in this movie? I, don't, <laughs> I think. I don't think Irish people are allowed in Georgia. No. Um, yeah. There's there's no tie-in. <laughs> it's just Guinness. Uh, hey, I mean, hey, uh, the tie-in is, is that we're in Guinness season two. St. Patty's Day is yeah, right around the corner. Two movies there in a row. Go. I've had Guinness, so. Yeah, that's that's great. And I'm drinking a Gatorade Zero orange flavor. Super Bowl uh, hit you a little hard. What did you drink last night? Last <laughs> night it question. was, yeah, just G&Ts. Yeah. yeah. Do it. What kind of gin do you like? Hendrix. Now, were you leaning Eagle or were you leaning Chief last night? Chief. You were, yeah. I, mean, I think a lot of us here just we have that anti-Philadelphia uh, vibe going on. Yeah. So shout out yes. to uh, Adam Hitchcock from Circuit versus uh, beloved Eagles who, you know, they, they... But once they put the Eagles colors on the Empire State Building, that crossed the line. That was a little rough. That so, was a little bit of a rough Talk about being stuff. out of touch yeah. with your audience. <laughs> yeah. Jesus. And then they, like, they, like... They put up the Chiefs colors like the next day and they're like, see, we did it for them too. Yeah, but like, then they also declared the like if the Eagles win, we're gonna put the colors back up. Yeah. Everyone's like, What? Jesus. Yeah, why don't you just do it at the Liberty Bell? Why are we doing it here? I, I, do I, anything. I think it was you said it best. There's definitely whoever's in control control the lights there just went to Villanova yeah, and they just, just like, we're putting the Eagles up there. Yeah. I said yeah. a lot more mean words in that that I don't want to say now, but yeah, it was some some individual from Villanova, yeah. we'll say. Right. Before we move on, is I think we're getting close to doing the awards here. Yeah. I do want to talk about that the scene with the police officers because like so i my quote for this thing is right bef- right before that when they're driving and they're they're leaving georgia for the first time uh, was was my quote of the movie i think he says uh you know they tell you about the the time that i lost uh, the, the first time i left georgia and it was just a few minutes ago that's how he set it up and then uh, his line goes first time here it is i might tell you miss daisy alabama ain't looking like much so far 
<laughs> and it's like a little bit of a joke, but it's also there was, you know, we've just spent a little bit of time talking about how how much lacking in character development there was. But in that little line there, that it just shows you how comfortable he is with Georgia and with his state there. And he doesn't need to. And he talks about his sister who goes to New York, goes to Detroit, goes to Toronto and all that, you know. And that's for her, but that's not for me. This is everything I need is right here. It shows the kind of the simple nature of him. And mm. um, and he's just kind of just like a family man who, who's who's tied to his roots down in Georgia. So I, I thought that was kind of a nice uh, a nice little little subtle moment of character development. Yeah, he's a likable guy. You know, that's uh, obviously number one thing about him. And uh, I agree. Uh, my line's actually right before that, which is which is pretty fun when they're about to go. And uh, Bully just says, good God. That's my line. Because like doing this movie, I was just like, ah, oh, good God. Yeah. <laughs> good God, Kieran. Wow. That's burying the line in the movie. <laughs> yeah, so the, the scene with the police officer. So after the exchange and whatnot, and they're driving away, I go, oh, Wow. That was like refreshingly subtle and and not uh, yes. not heavy handed at all. And then the and then the cop opened his mouth and I'm like, oh, there it yeah. is, there it is. Yeah. But but even with that, you know, where he just you know says the N word and then the, the J word right. and then off they go. Um, but like even leading up to that, it's like that that's you know that scene in the in the late 2000s or that scene even today is gonna be is gonna be filmed differently. Yeah, and and there was. You know, the subtleties of this movie are probably ultimately a fault, mm-hmm. but there are little moments like that where you kind of... T- you, you... I was in totally in the same boat with you. When they were driving away, I thought the same thing. Like, wow, that was really well done. Because you saw the racism there through like, what do you, what do you think you're doing with that car and like that kind of stuff. And What kind was... of name is that? You know, what yeah. he says to her. You know, Yeah, yeah right. And, and yeah. so the, the prejudice against Jewish, Jewish people too. And then they had to throw like the n-word in at the end like oh come on right talking amongst each other but even that was in talking amongst each other which is also very real too because that's the type of you know we've talked about some of the stories a lot of the racism you see is them talking amongst each other and my issue with that scene is that's not how friendly it would have gone in real life so it's not that realistic like there would have been a little more maybe but maybe not and what i'm saying every movie we've ever seen does that what you're saying, Artie. Like, they do, like, the worst-case scenario. This, it was, to me, it was, like, kind of interesting, at least, to see the mid-range scenario where it's, like, you know, it's, it's it, the racism is there, but it's not always as Hollywood as it is. It yeah, I mean, comparing it to, uh, I hate it that we keep coming back to Green Book, but, like, the interactions with the police officers in Green Book were just, I thought they were just horrible. Right. Like, and then they so had over to, the top. And then they had to even it out with the, the hero cop coming to do yeah, the, the, to fix the tire. Like, so it's like, see, there's both kinds. It was just a little, a little different from what, from what we see a lot in a lot of these. Yeah, it was, it was refreshing. It's yeah. on par with this movie though. It's like something might happen. Nope, 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 nope. Back to nothing. Back to nothing. Fooled you. Driving off safely. Yeah. Life before GPS. An old yeah. lady in the back reading a map, and you like think you're gonna. Every road looks the same, and she's flipping it upside down. Whenever you see someone in a movie take a map and do a complete 180 on the map, yeah. you're lost. <laughs> yeah, those country roads that don't even have names to them. Yeah, yeah just... he's like left, no right. It's How like, could well, you miss the map's that upside term? down. This is very different. That was the only bit of well camaraderie, conflict. right? No, oh. no, no. Like when they took the wrong. 
turn. Yeah. And that she felt lost. Like, that, was that was the, the most that happened. Of, but then the score got weird in that moment because the, it was like it was a thriller movie all of a sudden. Dude, all, dude, all of a sudden it's like Bane's coming up from the, the ground in fucking Gotham. It's like, no, 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 no. I'm like, well, what am I watching right now? Like the, there, for the score, what is it doing? There are no stakes. Like they're on the way to like a, a relative's birthday party. So they're so they're half hour late. Who cares? It's right, all, like, right, right. It's that almost like. The, that was the biggest thing. Yeah. Like, their head not even there late. yet. Don't worry if you're a half hour late. <laughs> it's, it's almost like it's almost like Hans Zimmer forgot he agreed to do this movie, and then like he, like they're like, uh, Hans, you got that uh, work we have? He's like, oh, 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 and he just found like a shoebox under his bed. He's like, ah, here's some tapes and, and such. Just splice those together. You'll be you'll be all right. At least we'll get you through three quarters of the movie. Don't even worry about the last half. Let's take a look at some of these Twitter questions that we got here for this one. We'll start with Adam, but we'll we'll end with him because we're going to answer this at, at the end here. But he goes, but for real. Which of the other Best Picture nominees should have won? <laughs> uh, it is not a who should have won podcast, Adam. You know that. I think that's what you were going for there. Yeah. Okay, so this this question from Steve G. He asks, to me, this movie feels like it was from 25 to 30 years before it was actually released. Do you agree? And are there any other movies you can think of that don't reflect the year of their release? Yeah. So I guess so. Steve's kind of saying this feels like maybe it should be like a 50s winner. I think it feels like it was made during the code era. Yeah, right. <laughs> like really, like yeah. you can't curse, can't say anything, can't do yeah, anything. Yeah, I just, think yeah, that's kind of what you're saying there. Here's a PG movie. Um, yeah, that do- it doesn't feel like it's made in '89, except for the score. Yeah, the score is definitely very, very '80s. The win is kind of '80s too, because the '80s has had some odd winners. So I, I think that that, that that's kind of where I put it with that. But well, I mean, it does it does take place in the '40s to start, right? Is it right? So yeah, that, so we're in that time frame. So he's not. Saying that it looked like it was old, he's saying the what like the style of so movie it making. Felt like it was made the, the movie like making years like okay. earlier. So like it would have been it would have been made in what is twenty five years from nineteen sixty five? Sixty four. Yeah, sixty five. Yeah. yeah. Oz, are there any other movies that we've covered that kind of feel like they were made in the wrong? Yeah, decade? my my answer to these is just always chariots of fire. <laughs> It's just my that's it. Yeah. Anytime yeah. there's like a negative connotation to a question, the answer is Chariot. Any fire. year's the wrong yeah. year for that. Yeah. Movie. I feel like Green Book is a weird one too. I would keep going back to that, but I that know. kind of feels like an early '90s winner. Yeah. You know, um, right. one that or, or late '80s one that they would have gone that route with. How about this though? I feel like All Quiet on the Western Front feels like it later. Later. Yeah. yeah it feels like it came out decades later. Same with uh, Lost best, Weekend, Best, best years, years of Our, of our Lives, lives. Yeah. Meet yeah. Me on the Bounty. Those all feel later. Yeah. You know, I know we're done with the deep dive, but just a quick question for you guys. What do you think of the cinematography in this? I feel like you liked it. I did. I didn't love it, but I thought it was really competently done. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I mean, I'll go back to my comment about the the outside scenic and scenery and how they use that to to dress up the play nature of the of the movie. I, I thought that that was done really well and it, it got you to, it got you to feel like you were in the terrain and you you know you you got a feel for for what it's like year round in Georgia, not just mm. like that summer day that everyone sees and thinks about when they That's about Georgia. To my point, the the cinematography did a decent job of kind of like in a smaller way world building. Like mm-hmm. the factory I love the shots of the factory, the mills yeah. in the background as he walked by. Like, yeah. I, I got a good feel for that. I thought, I thought that there was some set direction and world building. The mill was um, like chaotic. It was, it was kind of 
some excitement. Yeah. It's like an action scene. <laughs> That's team. also a better movie. <laughs> it's like an action scene. That might, What's going that on might speak to the things around it. Then, <laughs> Oh, we're excited to just see some people doing some things. <laughs> um, okay, people so are have, working their day jobs. <laughs> this is exciting. We have Chris Hammond chiming in, and I love to hear it, especially when we're kind of uh, a little unsure about some of these. One of my favorite movies, period. And a sentence. There we go. Nice. Got, I, love, I, love, I, I would love to know why. I would love great to know Twitter why. Question. I, I would too. Uh, <laughs> well, it's a, I said question or statement. So it's a firm, a firm statement. I just always love to see that there's people in support of some of these. I mean, I think we had that with Tom Jones. We had that with Chariots of Fire. There's some movies that, that, you know, I think someone for Oliver said like, this is hands down the worst Best Picture winner. It's not even close. And then someone was like, this is my favorite movie ever. So it's like that just shows the, yeah. the opposites of what you get with, with these things. Everyone could be wrong at once. <laughs> Beast asks, if the Best Picture cast OGs were road tripping, who gets ditched at the, at the rest stop first? Oh, I can't answer that because he's sitting in the room. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny because I was going to be like, well, I don't think any one of us, any, any of us would. It's like, well, usually I mean, that guy's the guy. It's it's Artie. <laughs> if, you can, if you can't pinpoint the guy who gets left, you're the guy who gets like, left. I don't now, think anyone I'm, in our group would be left. I'm ditched. Because I didn't get there on time to Correct. take off, so they yeah. they left without me. Yeah. So like that's so maybe almost, I'm actually. Kieran almost ditched me at Seven Eleven before we came here. <laughs> I walked out with my there was two people behind Kieran online to buy my beer. I walked out and the piss truck was gone. <laughs> I was like, he left. He forgot I was with him. Uh, he, was, he moved to a hidden part of the parking lot. Considered it. Considered it. Um, so the answer is me. Peterson W Hill. I haven't read this yet. I'm just gonna read it out loud. Mike Francesa style. Here we go. This is a genuine pathos to the script specifically to Jewish identity while living in the South, particularly in the time period. How does this particular thread come through to each of you? Is it executed well? What, if anything, could be done better on this front? So I think what he's asking is, did the script effectively comment on the experience of the Jewish identity in the South? I don't know... Don't really know much about that. Yeah, I don't know that the script really did anything that effective. (laughs) I I don't think it commented on much of anything. I think it left you to... Mm-hmm. You to draw a lot of your own conclusions, like it was a a do your own work situation. You I know, mean, in, in if the, you really want to, in the loosest sense of touched upon, yes, yeah, in the, in loosest, the loosest sense, sense of touched upon, yeah, yeah. They kind of just dumped in the uh, oh, there was a bombing at the temple, yeah, which uh, hmm. really happened. Apparently, no, I know. I'm not. I'm not sh- shrugging off. No, but that that's like that's the, the, did, yeah. did it come through to us? Did it come through to us? And was it executed well? I think that no. the, the, the consensus of the conversation is no. No, I well, they didn't do like a lot of Jewish tropes, right? They they played mahjong, but that's it. Like, right? There's no other they, the you temple. normally associate with Jewish culture. Yeah, and like going to temple. Yeah, yeah. but and like, then she kept bashing the the daughter-in-law because she was. Uh, the damn Episcopalian fluoride or whatever her name is. I'll say though, one of the things that I did like with the movies is I liked how they kind of tied the religions together a bit and showed that that even though that that you know these people were had different perspectives of what religion was, you know, she was very very strict Jewish. Uh, Ackroyd was very loose. He still celebrated Christmas, which apparently a lot of, of, of a lot of Jewish people in the South did at that time, mm. but she would not. Adelia was was at was a Baptist. It looked like, or, or you know, they, we saw her funeral, so we saw, but but we got to see Miss Daisy at, but you know, she wasn't above going and participating with the event. So I, I kind of liked how they were, they were all connected through their spirituality, even though their religions were very different. Isn't that other. real though? What what would happen is just kind of like passing shots at, like, 
if you're not really like super tolerant of another religion, you're just taking like random shots, like oh, like she says all oh, those. Uh, it's something yeah, like about in it. private. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just like a passing thing. Yeah. So, but when, oh, it's, when it's time for the funeral, she's there participating in the right. mass and, and, and is connected. I'm, like yeah. the, that shot of her in the pew was was not a shot of her there in protest or there in uncomfortable. She was yeah. she was connected with the service. Yeah, I and, meant that as like a positive of the Yeah, the no, it, it not, is yeah. There's there is a realism to this. It's not we don't it's not like Hollywood schmaltzy cheese that they throw at us. Like it's it, very realistic. Yeah. Well what would what would have been interesting, but they didn't pursue it, <laughs> is like, you know, this is a person who comes from a community that has experienced depression and she's kind of transferring that to the people that work in her house from a different community that's experienced depression, but they didn't really yeah. explore it that much. The only time we heard anything was when Dan Dakroyd was saying that like they they might buy from the New York Jews instead of me if I go to this the right. MLK the, thing. Yeah. So that but, but like other than that, they, they kind of mention her faith a few times and then yeah, it doesn't right. play out in the in yeah. the way the characters they are touch on it, but they get back to safe. Peterson Double Hill again. This isn't some proclamation that it should have won Best Picture. It beat the finest American film of the 80s and one of the 10 best films of all time, Do the Right Thing. I don't know if Do the Right Thing was one of the 10 best films of all time, in my opinion, but I would vote for Do the Right Thing over Driving Miss Daisy myself. I would as well. Personally. Especially if the Academy was like, all right, we're going to lean towards a movie that addresses racial Race, issues. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, like... Then why wouldn't you go with Do the Right Thing? <laughs> right. So, so much more original and it, cool. You know what? It's too yeah. edgy. Yeah, the 80s, they, <laughs> they, they, might have, they might not have wanted to confront yeah. anything. Well, right? like, safe let's, enough. Let's do this movie where nothing happens. This is, this <laughs> How can is we much... confront something without confronting it? <laughs> oh, there's a there's a head in the sand option in this category? Yeah. <laughs> let's go with that. Peterson Hill is just rattling him off here. You gotta love it. He's gonna jump the Time Machine recast gun. And uh, maybe we'll save that. Maybe I'll save his suggestion for nah, who. Fuck it, for throw who it out. No, because we're gonna dis- we're gonna have a uh, we're gonna have a time machine re- recast conversation. So I'll I'll put his in there when we do that. Think that that is all we have as far as the Twitter. I think it's time to head to the nitpick. Yes, great. Another time and place where people can sit around and nitpick. Driving Miss Daisy. I'm sure that that happens on a regular basis on, on film Twitter, though. So let's go here. Nitpick zone. Artie, do you have something? You're pulling the pen out. Oh, yeah. Well, this movie needs a plot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. It's going right for the, right the root of things here. Figured that was the elephant in the room. Yeah. <laughs> we have anything more uh, micro? Yes. <laughs> Less uh, macro? Right. So I am not a teacher. I've okay. never taught someone how to read. However, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure you don't teach someone how to read by yelling at them about what a B looks like and what an R looks like and to go find it on a grave. I will tell you as a dad, that's exactly how you teach a kid to read. <laughs> wow, it's right. Phonetically, you just teach them the sounds and then they figure out and then the, you say, go the find in it. between. Shows she, he said he knew what the letters looked like. Okay. She was just teaching him, and he knew the sounds, like he knew the alphabet. So she was just explaining, like, well, I mean, what does buh, buh, buh sound like? I'm not going to be like, K, 
It's it B. It's it, I so, thought I thought that was good. I thought that was fine. Yeah, and it was, happens in like ten seconds, and everything's good and you're ready. This to go. was kind of like yeah, the, he's reading a book. The next scene, <laughs> <laughs> right? This was this was kind of the scene that didn't feel so right for me in this movie. This was a little bit of like the 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 white person bettering Very the life of the black. Yeah, this was not the this is but and I I was expecting to see a lot more of that. In this, mm-hmm. I don't know. That was so, I, to me. That was kind of just the one scene. Another was op- opportunity for a plot to the movie. <laughs> if they had Morgan Freeman like become a great writer, like that would have been that would have been. Do you know nice. what that that scene reminded me of? Um, you ever see Fifty First Dates? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Remember when he's pretending that he can't read, <laughs> and then he has he has her uh, teach him. And he's like, oh, I, oh, I get it now. <laughs> like after like five minutes, like that's what it reminded me of. I wish Miss Daisy was meaner. <laughs> it would have made the movie better if she was meaner to Adela and to Hoke. You wanted not, that not in like a cookie cutter, not in like really a, mean, and then in the end, she's just a really nice person, and they get along great. Because she's like, "Well, don't talk to Adela. She has work to do." And he's like, "Okay, we're just well, I don't know. I, we're just meaner. We're just carrying on." He's like, "Well, they haven't carried on for fifteen years." It's like, "Oh, geez, I'm sure they have." Yeah, like, what a wet towel, <laughs> Jesus. I guess a nitpick is the house does not look that big in the exterior shots. And then at the end of the movie, when they were moving out, it looked like a castle. Yeah. So the real house is a six bedroom, five bathroom. Victorian. Right. Yeah. yeah, Victorian, right. yeah. It's sold for like, what, $1.9 million or something like in that? In 2013. Yeah. yeah. 1.9, Yeah. Yeah. So it yeah. was like they didn't do a good job showing how huge the house was. Right. Yeah. 1.9 in Georgia in 2013 is a pretty... It's probably a $5 million that's, dollar house now. Right. Yeah, and especially in New York. I well, mean, no, I'm saying in Georgia, in Georgia it's probably a $5 million dollar house now. Yeah. I'm, maybe not that much. I don't know. Last like, year it would have been. <laughs> when she drives and crashes the car, and it's like they're right on top of their neighbor. Like It looks like the houses are really close. Yeah. And then when they're walking through it at the end, it, there's like a ballroom in the house. It looks <laughs> yeah. like... <laughs> yeah. So a real house, though, not not sets like. No, like, yeah, it was all yeah. the same thing. Yeah, cool. let's talk about that car accident scene here. Is this, so your she, net, is this in your nitpicks? You know, yes, he says that she's she was in the wrong gear. So I just like I want to get my head around what caused this accident here. So I could explain this pretty quick. Okay, but let me. I'll ask my questions because this is what I want. I want this explained to me. Yeah. It's, this is this is a, a true nitpick zone question. So she's she's backing out like in an accelerant way. You know, she's putting some pedal to the metal and then like goes back a bit and then accelerates even further in reverse and goes off. So explain to me the, the physics of what her decision making was. So if, if he said she was in the wrong gear, mm-hmm. it meant she was in reverse and she thought she switched to drive and then accelerated to go forward, but never actually switched. Though so, she's not turning the wheel or and the car's pointed at the house. So had she been in drive, she would have just driven through the house. Like the car was. Headed- no, she backed straight up. She would have started going forward and then had to turn left to get out of the, the property. But you know that's what. But she changed gears. So did she go from being... reverse to double reverse or what? Like it... no, she didn't change gears. She was in reverse the whole time. Yes, and then she thought she switched to drive and just accelerated more straight and went back. backwards even faster. But like, all right, so I don't know how to do this without being insensitive to old people. But that's a <laughs> that's a so. All right, this is how I'll word this. Rob keys had to put up a lot of cement dividers in front of their parking spots because a lot of their clientele would accidentally 
put the car in drive instead of reverse after dinner and accelerate oh, wow. into the restaurant. Mm. It happens several <laughs> times a year, so they put up dividers. So it's a common thing. My grandpa did it where he thought he was in reverse and, and stepped on and, the gas yeah, and went forward. Right. So it's it's I'm a normal it's a sign of aging. I, okay, but my question was is like is like is, if she's accelerating in drive and then turning, isn't she just going to get into an accident with the front of the house? Uh, that's a hard yeah. one to answer. Yeah, this it, is also like the, how, the way they're showing. Yeah, you right. It's an, it seems a little odd. This isn't where movie. they put country kitchen buffet. <laughs> yeah, this isn't <laughs> Cracker <laughs> Barrel. <laughs> what were you say, Oz? I said that also would have been a better movie. Yeah, <laughs> crashing the car in the house, right through the house. Right? Yeah. She goes. She goes. Enters a demolition derby. That yeah. that would be a better movie. Is that car totals? Back in that day, I would say maybe yeah. not. I would say underneath the the. The motor and shit just got ruined on that cement. I think leg. cars are easier to total today than they were back then, though. No, they're much more fragile back then. Yeah, I would imagine. They're like barely You can drive a new car then. into like a, a huge old car like that, and it'll barrel right through it. Really? Oh, yeah. okay. All right. Yeah, so so that car is, is totaled then. Probably, yeah. Because that's, a, I mean, the whole, and then even the way they towed it out of there. I mean, it's damaging it, as it. That's what I mean. The underneath is just getting ruined yeah, going right down apart, and back yeah. up. Yeah. There's a nitpick about the amount of discussion about her not being able to be insured. But they yes. talk about it like I, love that. Well, I guess back in the days. day, like you had a more personal relationship with your auto insurance person. Yeah. But they implied that like she would have to try to convince someone to get insured. Yeah. Now you just like hit a button on Geico and they that was auto generate a policy. That was my other nitpick, is yeah. I don't I don't think that you're not gonna get disclaimed off of a one car accident that doesn't involve another person <laughs> right but this now was just a, this was just an act like but, nobody but, else but, is involved but, but back, back in the day if if it is like a personal thing and yeah. i'm like well this old lady just backed off a cliff in her driveway yeah. <laughs> let's drop her <laughs> no one can tell me i can't drop somebody's her. picking her up and taking, well, taking their money dan Aykroyd's point is like oh look at him banging down the door uh, to your point are they literally just people like, let me insure your car. <laughs> let me insure your car. Country kitchen buffet. Um, the, <laughs> the Piggly Wiggly. <laughs> we have to get to the it's Piggly like Wiggly before it opens. Face. I have a nitpick. Yeah. This is a stupid grammar police one. Okay. She's like, I'm not prejudiced. With the, the ED. Yeah. Yep. It's, do you drink espresso in the morning too, lady? Like, you're not prejudiced. It's prejudice. <laughs> Yeah, and it's, it's it ends there. There's no. Did you tell us earlier that a word didn't exist? <laughs> yeah, prerogative. Oh no, Oz, Oz, I do not claim to be an authority on anything. Okay, everybody, swarm, swarm to the to your dictionaries. Let's find all the tenses of prejudice and let's find Arnie to be wrong here. Past participles, people. Past participles. Well, remember on Spotlight, we talked ourselves out of golfing isn't a verb. And by the end, we're like, you oh, know I what? It isn't a verb. It's we my talk. favorite part of the movie and the podcast. Uh, okay, so I have one here. Prerogative's not a word. Prejudice is not a word. Yeah. So I'm a big guy. I'm a candle guy. I like my candles. Okay. You, know, you don't, does does not work this way. You don't light a match and then just run it across the bottom of the candle and then it just sticks to a plate universally. You have to let that baby sit there for a bit you can't just run a match and a match doesn't really create a ton of heat mm -hmm. so for a match to like melt the bottom of a candle so much that it's going to stick to a flat edge plate mm. 
it's going to have to be there. You might even need a second match. That's going to have to be real, real wet and soggy, and then psh, let the it special get. effects. The special effects on the movie are unbelievable. I didn't. <laughs> I, 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 I were able to do that, Kieran. I didn't think this movie could be any less interesting, and you, you just did it, Kieran. You just did it. <laughs> we needed another four or five seconds of that, that, like we're that getting, wax melting. We're getting souped up matches that produce an incredible <laughs> amount of heat, so so Morgan Freeman can place this candle on a plate really fast. A real cool uh, home uh, and decorating uh, tip that I got from uh, our friends down in Arizona. There's a restaurant that has old liquor bottles. And there's like a Jameson bottle or a, a bottle of bourbon. And you put the candle in it and you let it go. And you let the, the wax kind of go down mm. the side of it as it melts. Then each candle does, it gets more and more wax builds up. And that's the centerpiece of every table this restaurant had. So yeah. it's a cool, little, uh, a cool little home and decorative tip there check out did that make it even more interesting already <laughs> oh wait sorry <laughs> what was that woke me closed off and the past present participle of uh, yeah. uh <laughs> of two golf grammar like and I, word lessons with Arnie. like i was sleeping the implied subject <laughs> cannonball isn't actually a thing <laughs> huh uh, okay <laughs> Anything else? Did we no, spend I them all? too. Okay, it is time for the BPC Awards. We're going MVP here. MVP it was a little. This was a little. I'll go first. Okay. I, I I really like Dan Aykroyd in this, and I'm giving it to Dan Aykroyd as Bully. Wow. Okay. Dan Aykroyd as Bully. Yeah. I <laughs> I, I I actually did kind of like I I wasn't sure with this one where people were gonna go, and I, I kind of wanted to let the let the landscape settle a little bit. And I wasn't sure if we were all going to bury him or we were all going to love him or what. I, I think I'm definitely a low man on him with this. I, I do. It really feels like he's he's play line reading. And, and I kind of think he's miscast a little bit in this. But, I mean, listen, it worked for what they were trying to do with the box offices and all that. So um, I just and, thought there was some actual depth to his. Yeah, he got an Oz MVP, there. too. Yeah. So there we go. I like, I like when we're split on some of these. Artie, what you got here for MVP? I have Morgan Freeman. Okay. You were the high man on on yep. Freeman. I mean, um, there's only four people to pick from, but I went with Morgan. Should say we have three Morgan Freeman movies to cover here. One we'll be doing a little later on this season, Unforgiven, and then also Million Dollar Baby. The two, so two Eastwoods oh, wow. with him. All all Warner Brothers movies too. Uh, yes, it was all Warner Brothers won three. There are three. That was three best pictures in a row, and he was in all of them. Yeah, cool. And Clint directed two of them. Yeah, their their three. Yeah, their three wins. Are and Shawshank didn't win. Uh, Shawshank did not win. I lost yeah. to uh, Forrest Gump. And for Shawshank, of course, we covered uh, on a, a Thanksgiving episode in the past. You go out and check that episode. So this is our second time talking Morgan Freeman. We got two more, at least two more coming through. I'm gonna go Morgan Freeman too. All right, just the character. There's no there's no movie without that character. He did create the character too for the off Broadway play. So I give him a little credit for that. The first one to play okay. it. So yeah, bring bring it into the that's main fair. screen. Yeah, that's that's cool. We saw that with uh, uh, Paul Schofield in the Man for All Seasons. Same thing. He, you know, petitioned to to play it. You know, they were gonna bring in a. Hollywood guy, and you know he he convinced them to let him do it. Won the Oscar for it too, so that's that's cool. I'm gonna go Jessica Tandy. I think she's the the person most personified. This became the oldest um, Oscar winner at the time ever at 88. Um, it, to this day, is the oldest Best Actress winner. It didn't think she was winning that night. Kind of fun thing. And you know what? I watched because some of the newer ones, like I'll watch like the Oscar clips the night of just to get a feel for for the night. Billy Crystal hosted, mm-hmm. and one of like the like kind of like the things that were popping up that night was that the director was not included 
as a nominee. Oh it yeah, was kind like of one a rare of four thing. movies or something. And there was like the there like she mentioned it in the speech like oh oh the, you know apparently the director that, that no one wants to give any credit to like so they all kind of kept bringing him up and. Billy Crystal even mentioned the joke. He goes, "So, Driving Miss Daisy, the movie that apparently directed itself, um, <laughs> because the Goodbye. because the guy didn't wow. have any any um, shout out there." So, uh, but yeah, Jessica Tandy for me. I mean, we talked about for all the reasons why there's just like not a whole lot going on. So it's a, those types of roles are complicated to execute, and to me, it worked. And I kind of also like those less is more performances, especially when they're kind of recognized on the bigger stage. So I, I'm not a big fan of the showy. The showy bells and whistles performances—they're fun sometimes. They work in the right kind of movies, but I, I always love when the the really dialed down to one performances get get recognized. Thank God the they didn't go with Bette Midler then. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was—it's like, are we making this a loud movie or a quiet movie? That would have been <laughs> such a one. Eddie Murphy or Morgan yeah, Freeman? Yeah, seriously. Yeah. Little BPC trivia for you: She was at the time the oldest Oscar winner for Best Actor or Actress. Your guy. What, what BPC Hall of Famer? Future Hall of Famer. Future Hall of Famer is uh, is the current record is holder. Is it Hopkins? No. Nope. Uh. Uh, he actually might he might be now, but Christopher Plummer is the one who broke the record. As of twenty twenty one, it was Plummer. Yeah. Yeah. All the money in the in the world. What about as of twenty twenty three? Well, he was eighty nine. Is Hopkins older than eighty nine? I don't know. You asked the question, dude. Yeah, no, but no, he's going off IMDb trivia. Going off IMDb. I, I don't know that it was updated, but I, I think Hopkins' most recent win became the oldest. The oldest, the oldest to win. I didn't think he was um, over eighty nine though. Hopkins eighty five. Yeah. He's eighty five, and what did Plummer get it at? Eighty nine. I believe eighty nine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So there, yeah, so there you go. Oh, damn. Yeah. Uh, you know what was Hopkins became the oldest Best Actor winner. Oh. Plummer won for Supporting Actor. That's ah, what the okay. Difference is there. Got it. Um, yeah. Okay. So we all have our MVPs out there. Two two Morgans, a a, a Dan and a and a Jessica. There we go. That's the three people in the movie. Oh, we all covered got, everyone. All got some hard oh, work. Let's swing the Let's LVP. talk about LVP. Will anyone take home both crowns here in this? Oswald, I guess we'll start with you again. Yeah. Uh, and this might be a little unfair to this movie, and it might just be from doing like Green Book somewhat recently. But just like the whole concept of two people of a different race sitting in a car and hammering out all of the world's ills and everyone lives like this i just don't I don't I, I never want to see a movie like this or green book ever again yeah like you, as far you as will. conceptually you like don't ever put two people in a car and have like un- figure un- everything out. Unless it's like Samuel L. Jackson and Bruce Willis. No, and unless it's like dumb and dumber. Like yeah. if you want to if you, you want know, to do like a comedy really exploring okay. it. Yeah. Right. You want, to, you want to do a comedy let's do it. Don't don't do this as like a drama anymore. Boy, ever. stepping on my uh, recast. So. <laughs> we're motherfucking going to Piggly Wiggly when I say we're going to Piggly Wiggly. Shut your ass up back there, woman. I don't no. remember asking you a goddamn thing. <laughs> yeah, I ate the salmon. Say what one more time, Miss Daisy. <laughs> say what one more time. Goddamn pork chop was tough. I wanted some salmon. <laughs> so I had myself some motherfucking salmon. You know what they call that in France? That is some tasty salmon. <laughs> Check out the brain on Daisy. That that new Hawaiian salmon? <laughs> so your LVP is the con- the this entire format. <laughs> Pretty much. <Yeah. laughs> oh, boy. Okay, uh, my LVP is a... Uh, 
the person who has won the MVP definitely at least yeah. once, I think a few times before, but my dude Hans, the score is the LVP for me. Okay. This is, there is there is some negative value going on with the score here in this one. It's 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 one of my least favorite scores that we've covered so far. It's tough. It's incompetent. It's tough. Yeah, it's an, it, yeah, it's 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 tough. Execution is is lacking. We'll we'll put it that way. Bobby LVP. Oh, my LVPs are the are Richard and Lily Zanuck, who are the producers. Producers, <laughs> producers right. of Just for they the for the Jaws. idea of greenlighting this movie. <laughs> Well, you heard the meeting. Yeah. There's the and, two old two, two people, and they're, and they're the ones who accepted the the trophy. Yeah, so, so they have so they have their uh, their two at home. They have their two two Oscars and all the pile of money in between. <laughs> they got it. But hey, you're not getting any oh. BPC value here, though. Oh yeah, well, I guess return on investment wise, they're the MVP. Yeah, but it's made you know, 150 million off seven. Well, we we're here to take them down a peg if yeah. we can. So yeah, LVP producers, Artie. My LVP is Dan Aykroyd's wife, who basically has no value. Yeah, and, and that this ties in seems... very plumply to my recast. <laughs> Jesus, um, this plumply. <laughs> That's not a word. Yes. Uh... <laughs> Don't start with me. Did you say plumply? Plumply. Right. Yeah, there's some screenwriter issues there with that. I mean, they completely underwrote that character. They like, wrote her into the movie, but didn't write anything for her. Yeah, <laughs> like, they just wrote her on screen. That's tough. We are 0 for 2 on that's not a word tonight, because plumply... I was, that was a joke, not oh. an actual... Oh, okay. It wasn't really... Okay, participation award. Throw a little love to uh, an, an extra entity in this one. Oz, let's just keep, keep going with you first. Though. Okay. Uh, the Piggly Wiggly. It seems, Piggly Wiggly. It seems to have everything. Um, it appears <laughs> to be walking distance for a... Uh, older lady, and also a trolley goes there, apparently. I mean, what else do you need? Very convenient. The Piggly Wiggly. Big market guy? Big market. <laughs> no, they said they were... They're in Michelow would love the Piggly Wiggly. <laughs> Maybe. Are they by Macon, huh? Georgia? They're by Macon, Georgia? Is that where they're... Geographic? I think he said Macon. I'm just trying to figure out what exactly what, what part of Georgia we are here. Because I, I just... It's like, what, like, how far away is like a main town or a main city? I, I mean, don't know. Is, is the Piggly Wiggly like the only spot to go? Or right. It seems yeah. like there's many ways to get there. Yeah, so. true. Hey. Yeah. You could take Highland and go three blocks out of the way if you want. <laughs> Hulk definitely knows the quickest way, though. We got that. Yeah. Even even driving 17 miles. Hulk Hogan. Participation award, Artie. Idella. Nice. Thought she was really good. She was good. Yeah. But, but the character work, we're only working with three people here. So the, the fourth person has to kind of do a lot of... A lot with a little here, and she and she did, and yeah, and I liked it. she felt lived in. You know what I yeah. mean? I don't know how to word that in yeah. a less gross mm-hmm. way, but she felt like she lived in the world. I'm going to throw a participation award to the 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 businessman of the year award that they have, <laughs> which is so like a Michael Scott um, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> something you probably just pay for. And then no, you want like to a- John Taffer situation? He invented the nightclub hall of fame so he can induct himself into it. <laughs> yeah. He won a he won a Dundee at the, right. <laughs> the end of the year. You buy the award and then you throw a party after. So just the concept of the the local businessman of the year award is is funny to me. Yeah, I yeah. like that. Uh, I'm uh, my participation award. I'm always talking about how I'm tired of all these movies taking place in California. Uh, so um, my participation award is a, is uh, the state of Georgia. The uh, lovely lush state out. of Georgia. That's it. And it all of its wonderful seasons. Wonderfully displayed in this movie, and I I think a movie like this. 
is you take it down a bunch of notches if this is on a Hollywood lot somewhere, you know, like it, mm. th this needed a little bit of a little bit of uh, organic setting and scenery and, and it had it there with with Georgia. So the state of Georgia is my participation. Word. Go brace. We have next the Time Machine recast. So you take anyone in this movie, plug them in. We don't have a lot of options as far as uh, who to put where. Oz, what do you, what do you got? All right. So I am. I think already you're going to do the same thing with uh, Florine mm -hmm. to take her out. Um, are we uh, friends people in here? The show, um, or we do we have listeners? I that think we, we have think plenty listeners who are. I'm not. Uh, I'm not a friends guy. Personally, I, I, I was a I was a Seinfeld. You know, I'm you putting to pick uh, back in the day. Um, in uh, Janice. I fucking knew you were gonna say that. Janice. From Once friends. you said friends, well, yeah. that's pretty funny. As as the as the wife. <laughs> yeah, yeah, with the annoying voice. <laughs> that's pretty. Her good. name is Maggie Wheeler. It's pretty good. No, her name's Janice. That's pretty good. Yeah, that's pretty good. Well, who do you got? I guess it's uh, you're doing the same thing. I'm recasting yeah. Fluoride as well, or Florine, whatever her name is. Selma Hayek. Ooh, fun. I always appreciate putting Selma Hayek in anything. Yeah. So I'm not going to argue with that. Fine. I almost recast Morgan Freeman with Selma Hayek. What about the uh, uh, Daddario girl from... Oh, uh, Alexandra uh, Daddario. Yeah. yeah, she's... Yeah. Or Emily Ratajkowski. Just really, really <laughs> sex it up. Put them yeah. both <laughs> Just name good-looking women, one after the other. And you're going to get a more interesting movie with Selma Hayek in there, too. We get her new dynamics. Now she's the, a uh, feisty Episcopalian. She's a Latina. <laughs> All right, I got one here. Um, recasting Miss Daisy. Okay. With with uh, Susie Essman, who is Jeff's wife on Curb Enthusiasm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's amazing. <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah. Oh, man. Larry. Shut the fuck up, Hulk. <laughs> your fat fuck manager. <laughs> Stop rubbing your balls and talk to me. What's, what's going on down there? What's going on down there? All of a sudden, you missed the California closets over here? Oh, <laughs> uh, man, that would be unbelievable. The two of you are up to something. You want you want uh, combative and... <laughs> well, I mean... Now, <laughs> a tough so, person to get along with. Well, it's, I want to wait for Kieran's, but it's like, what the fuck are you doing? You make a left on Highland. <laughs> Bitch, shut the fuck up! In the, like, that's a different movie. Man. This is a different movie. Oh, I think yeah. Rod Camp's recast and Kieran's Love recast it. would be a very different movie. Oh man, let's get to good. it. What's your recast? Uh, okay, yeah. So, so my recast would love to see Samuel L. in that, in that but uh, no, no. So I'm recasting oh, Dan uh, Dan Aykroyd, and that's Peterson Hill is going to do the same. I like his better than mine, but I'll give you mine first because I think I've used this guy a few times here. It's hard not to because this is the type of actor you can put in any movie. But I would I would like that uh, the Aykroyd character to be a little a little more angsty, a little more cynical, kind of give me a little more. In a movie where you only have three guys, you know, let's 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 act it up a little bit. So Paul Giamatti in that mm, role, I think, would be fun. Would kind of his impatience, would, you know. Although I, th I think maybe kind of one of the one of the nice parts about the Ackroyd character was the fact that he was so kind of endlessly patient. So you're getting a very different character. Mm -hmm. So maybe that's not how it was written to the page, but I do think Giamatti would do a nice job of getting that, you know, that that coiled up like uh, I I can't, I can't take it mm. anymore kind of cynicism to it. Yeah. Peterson W. Hill suggested Stephen Root in that role. Oh, wow. Who? Uh, Stephen Root, Milton from Office Space, and uh, <laughs> oh, amongst God. many other things. Uh, Dodgeball, L for love. Um, <laughs> uh, I think he'd be... And Barry, obviously, he's brilliant in, yeah. in Barry. That's a real good casting spot That's there. That's good, too. Yeah, and he can do the, the Southern accent. I don't know how well Paul Giamatti does with the Southern accent. Well, he did it in 12 Years a Slave. Oh, he did? Is where, I, yeah, I where we that. saw it. Doesn't play a very nice guy in that movie. Scene of the movie. Not a whole lot of vibrant choices, but we'll uh, we'll we'll see who's. Uh, I'll go. I'll go first in this one. 
Uh, so I, I picked the snowstorm, uh, the snowstorm scene uh, where Hawk gets there early to everyone's surprise, and you know he's he's Johnny on the spot. He's very handy, and I just love the conversation they had about missing Adalia, and they're like, you know, we can kind of make her uh, her fried chicken, and you know, we can kind of do this, but we can't can't make the coffee that she made. And I just think that's like kind of like a that's something that we take for granted in people, particularly people who are a little older in our lives. So like grandma makes the pie a certain way or mm-hmm. or chili a certain way or, you know, you, you, you miss the way that mom or grandma or dad or grandpa made something a certain way. And you can try to imitate the recipe, but you can't yeah. get it quite right. Really, really human moment um, that I thought was a, a really kind of a. a a touching, a touching scene in, in this movie. So that was that was my scene of the movie. The scene of the negotiation for salary between Hoke and uh, Willie. Um, it's a little in, in a in a movie that's like that we've criticized for being not like giving you enough. It, it's a little over the top, but it gives us something to some kind of arc with the, to be happy for Hoke. Mm. You know, he's, yeah. he's yeah. Like finally we're finally like ah, he got you know he got. He gets more money. He kind of like wins this negotiation. He has a great line of, uh, "You ever have folks fighting over you? It feels good." It's like, oh, yeah, for this and guy. he goes, "No, nah, I haven't." Like, yeah. like that was, yeah. yeah. And, and, and was we'll, it that over the top? Because no, I feel no, like those no. Types it, of conversations, it, but relative go to that, the rest relative of the movie, to the rest of the movie. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it kind of stands out a little bit in that way, and I guess in a, in a good way. Um, and, and I kind of like it. It shows that again, bully is. Uh, <laughs> he doesn't care. He's just trying to like get to the point of what helps Bully. Yeah. It's like, God, he does not want to find a new driver. Right. right? No. And he doesn't want to pay no, this yeah, guy that's, more that's money, a, but he's like, uh, not an attractive job. Do I pay mm-hmm. this guy more money or do I get a new driver? Ah, uh, fuck it. I'll pay him whatever he wants. You know, I cannot get a new driver for my mom. Because yeah. he knows finding a driver is then finding that. another driver yeah. than another driver. Yeah. You put up a little extra shit from the Tuesday bartender than you do from the Friday guy. Because <laughs> <laughs> not, not a shit ton of people lined up to, to stay there all night. Yeah, you're the Tuesday. one there on a Tuesday asking for <laughs> service. You know? right. Artie. Seemed to uh, when she has her mental breakdown, and then he's trying to calm her down, and finally does, which leads directly into my quote of the movie. So I'll just go right into it. Yeah, it, you, you, it we cuts right into it. Too. Yeah. Um, she she's having a mental breakdown, saying nonsense, and then she just looks at Hogan and goes, "You're my best friend." Like yeah. that actually added some levity to the movie. It made me feel mm-hmm. like. Finally, you said that we've been watching you be best friends for an hour, and now it's you're you're admitting it. I that's yeah, good. Like, and from there, yeah, once she nice. accepts that, she I don't know, she it's like chills we, out a little bit. When we start highlighting like our favorite scenes, we're like, oh, there are some kind of nice scenes in this that you know, make me smile yeah. a little bit. You know, they're not they don't stand out like you know like a Django Unchained or like Ooh. a or Pulp Fiction or like <laughs> no. it's a very loud movie. But no, right. I found one. The scene that I thought was the most fun was um, Hoke pursuing her to give her a ride in the beginning. Like following her down the street. Yeah. And like basically like I'm not going to take no for an answer. Um, but in like a fun way like I'm, I'm trying to help you kind of way. And then she like you know gives it in. She breaks down and gets in the car but like she has all these rules about Right, you can't go. That was like the most like whimsical, and it kind of summarizes their their characters like pretty well. Yeah, he's killing her with kindness. Yeah, she's resisting. He's gonna do his job no matter what, and (laughs) she's just gonna be stubborn as hell. Patience and impatience working (laughs) side by side. Cutting room floor. If we could take one scene Hmm. out of this movie, one segment out of this movie, something to just kind of cut from this thing. 
often we're talking about three and a half hour movies where there's there's a great need for it. But this is like a 90 minute movie. It was, I think we were saying before, like off mic here before we started, like preparing for one of these things when it's 90 minutes versus three hours is such a different task. And the movie ended, I'm like, oh, wow, that was really easy to, to watch. Like, uh, you mm-hmm. know, it was like you know West Side Story, which I loved, but like, she's, you know, we're talking three hours of, of watching this very elaborate thing going on here with the singing and dancing and all that. So it was, it was a totally different approach here with this kind of shorter movie here. But that being sense, you know, every movie can be a little bit shorter. So what scene would you take out? Was there anything? This was kind of hard for me. So, uh, Artie, you're ready to go. What scene would you, would you cut from this thing? Sorry, Bobcat. The oh, no. um, man of the year speech scene just serves no purpose. Oh. Just Took home some hardware, though. You know, so just kind of is a thing. Yeah, so you wanted that that little segment out of there. I mean, uh, it doesn't really matter. It just did a little bit of world building for that character. It's 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 very hard to pull scenes out of a movie where that a movie that doesn't give you a whole lot. So like every little scene is giving us like something. And it's ninety minutes. It's not yeah, a lot of scenes. We, so we need like a little bit for these characters. I mean, this scene, this movie could serve to add some. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is this is a very difficult one. Um, I guess I mean what we said before. You could you could really just cut Bully's wife out of the equation, right? You don't. Know, does she serve much of a purpose? Uh, you cut I that scene know. of them on the stairwell with the with the cowboy outfits. The whole thing. It gives uh, Miss Daisy something to bond with Hoke over. That's she, true. She complains yeah. about so, them. Yeah, no, you're right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So no, I, I don't. I don't know if I have it. I hate to say I don't have anything, but it's... it is hard. This was this was notably hard. Short uh, movies mine, are hard. Bobcat, did you have something? Mine is either cut it out or we, or we can kind of reuse one of the the elements, the storytelling. Like when when Hoke buys the car, like the the old car. The, mm-hmm. So like Dan Aykroyd gets his mother a new car, a new Cadillac, and then yeah. Hoke buys the Hudson. And then we don't really see that other car again, right? They just use no. The they just they um they ask about it at the end. It's like you still had that old thing, and he's like, ah, that went yeah. to the scrapyard years ago. Yeah. Right. So we never see it again, and even at the end, he doesn't still have it, which would maybe have been poignant. I thought, or maybe if you're gonna do that kind of thing, it would have been like cooler if he buys the house at the end of the movie or something. Granted, the house might be. I I think that's a great answer because while that scene was going on, like this is one of the ones where I'm like, ah, I really. I'm having a hard time investing any energy in this, and I'm hoping it's when we have the podcast, somebody brings this up about how important it is and why they loved it so much. So I, I kind of agree with you. Like I think mm-hmm. that that makes sense to just kind of, I mean, I, I guess you're you're strengthening relationship between Aykroyd and and Freeman a little bit well, there. It's showing, or, it's showing that uh, Freeman has financial independence. He's not dependent yeah. on the family to support him. It's his choice to work for them. Yeah, and he's 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 and that he has like ownership of you know just him getting the raise and all that. So it's a kind of a continuation. And he of that, said but he's like, I don't want to make monthly payments to Miss Daisy. I want to just buy yeah, it I, want reg- to own it. I own it the yeah, regular way. Between says. me and that, yeah. So mine was is a scene that I just felt was a little bit out of place. And you know, you guys may disagree with me on this, but the uh, the, the the wanting to pull over and take a pee scene, mm. I just I don't know like tonally it fit with the rest of the movie. Other than the fact that, you know, it was her bossing him around and being like, I'm not going to listen to you anymore. But we kind of already had all that established with she can't fire you kind of thing. Hmm. You know, so I don't know that we, you know. I I think it showed that she didn't, she felt protected by him. She felt safe around him and she like bugged out when he wasn't around. And then he came back in and she was relieved. Yeah. 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 That's 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 an interesting one because if you like kind of, describe the movie and and 
get what you're expecting out of the movie. That seems like super important, mm-hmm. but it kind of turns out to be like, eh. Not it doesn't really, yeah, it's really a, go uh, anywhere. Oz, all the scenes are like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I could be talked out of it. I'm trying my best, Art. <laughs> We're doing a three-hour podcast on this fucking movie. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Oscar, Oscar reevaluation real quick. This is... We've had a couple of uh, dull ones with this. This is a little more uh, interesting one. than so it's it's up for eight. Crazy, a lot of lot of lot of love for this. Yeah, one. I'm sorry, it's up for nine. Yeah. It's up for nine, and it wins four. So it wins picture, screenplay, lead actress, and makeup. And the ones it didn't win for were lead actor, supporting actor, art and set direction, costume design, and film editing. So we're gonna we're gonna put the nine together, and we're gonna say which one it deserved the least. Okay. And then we're going to say if it were only to win one along with picture, what would you give it to? Okay. So again, I'll read them off here. We'll. St- I guess think we'll, we'll, we'll first we'll say the one we're going to take away, the one it, it least deserved. Okay. okay. So win, win, not to, nomination. A win. Right? Okay. A win. Adapted screenplay, lead actress, best makeup, lead actor, supporting actor, art and set direction, costume design, and film editing so which out of those nine which one did it deserve the least those are just nominees not wins the first four were wins the other five were not but we're, we're going all nine together whether it Got won it. or not That's which one did asking. it deserve the least? you can say one that it won or you can say one that it didn't win but which if, if let's say it wins all eight of them except for one which is the one you're saying don't give it to him that's so weird because as we we i think we're generally like no nah, this isn't a, a great winner you read all those off i'm like eh it was yeah, a big deal bad. at the time. That's this movie bad. was a, uh, but so I'm, weirdly a big deal at I'm the gonna, time. I'm going to give screenplay. Yeah, I'm going to get which, which it won. Yeah. Which it won. Yeah. 100% yeah. take screenplay yeah. away. So I, I, just to be devil's advocate, did the screenplay do like weirdly do a lot of heavy lifting in this movie though? Like where there's not a ton going on. Like the aren't the words they use kind of important to make something like this float? Well, it's best screenplay adapted from another work and it doesn't feel like they like made the play into something that you would want to see in a movie. Yeah. It just, they just transferred it right over. What, what are your thoughts, Artie? Your, your head I looks would, like I it's w- doing some things. I would get rid of the the actress win. For... Wow, you take it away from Tandy. Yeah. Over all those other things. <laughs> yeah. You got really defensive on that, too. <laughs> yeah. This, this, she didn't do anything to deserve to win. Um. I wow. Bitch. Okay. My MVP. Damn. I Did you guys like the makeup in this movie? Mm. I generally dislike movies that try to cover decades. Right. Um, this one was, I thought it was okay though. And it might've been because they were all old and they just made them older. Because like, yeah. Like Morgan, Morgan Freeman kind of has like the could look young, could look old. Morgan Freeman's been 60 on. years old for yeah. the last five decades. So <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 you know what? I, I could understand not liking it. It was but most noticeable with Aykroyd because he went from He looked probably, different every scene. Every time he picked up the phone, yeah. it's like he's like he's playing a different character in Clue. Yeah. You know, like what, <laughs> like what? He's like costume. Like he's in a costume party every time you see him. It feels like they put him through like his 40s, 50s, and 60s. So he had like the most noticeable change nice. versus, you know, uh, Miss Daisy who just went from 72 to 90. Yeah. Older, yeah. older. Right. Yeah. So I, I think that that's going to be mine. I just I don't think just because you're using makeup that you should win, and it's like it went against two ridiculous movies that weren't nominated for anything else. So it was like, 
Of course it's going to win. It's the it's the best picture winner nominated for nine versus like Oogity Boogity Boo. What was the one that what was the movie on the uh, the Billboard already? Scott a who's got a Scott a who's got a hey. You know who, who do you think's going to win? Like to me, like I think Back to the Future two had better makeup use. <laughs> And this movie did, right? Makeup's going to be a tough one to judge, too, because I think, objectively, it, we're just better at makeup now. Yeah, who based looked, on the era, too. Who looked better, old Biff or old Dan Aykroyd in this movie? <laughs> yeah, probably old Biff. Old Biff yeah. looks fantastic. And he played two 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 different roles there. <laughs> give the give the makeup award to Back to the Future 2. Or even, hey, Back to the Future 3. I think Three. he's the makeup in the is the uh, Mad Dog Biff. Mad Dog. You know, four, four other people Tanner, they Mad were Dog thinking. Tanner. Yeah. Four other people that they were considering for Tandy's role as Miss Daisy were Catherine Hepburn, Betty Davis, Lucille Ball, and Angela Lansbury. I think any of them would have been better. Uh, mm, I don't agree. I don't agree. Angela Lansbury would have been phenomenal. Yes, that would have been, been the been best great. one. Um, Catherine Hepburn, dude. She's older at the time. That would have been. I know she she's Golden Golden Pond is, is right around. That would have been. That would have been right along with Bette, Bette Midler. I think that would have been very really? showy. That would have been a okay. very very showy one. I um, think they all would have been better. Betty Davis in 1989. That's scary to me. I. I well, they want an older person. I I I don't know, man. I. I I, mean, I think the, I the like the, the I like the, the dial ball. <laughs> like putting the seal ball in there. <laughs> I think <laughs> Ben Miller's over the top. Ben Miller's pretty. Ben Miller's pretty over the top. But yeah, yeah you're right. True. Lucille Ball. To she, me, those are all really, oh, with the exception of Mrs. Teapot. Uh, Lansbury. Lansbury is uh, easy, easy fit. <laughs> Susie yeah. from Curve might be the best. Right? Yeah, 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 that's, that's pretty good. Yeah, um, yeah. Man, what was Betty Davis doing in 1989? I got to get my head around Nothing. that. If we can only give it to one with Best Picture. What are you giving to? Screenplay, lead actress, makeup, lead actor Freeman, supporting actor Aykroyd, art set direction, costume design, film editing. Art set direction. Cool. I like the settings. I like the way they were shot. I thought they chose good locations. What that. a wild winner that would be. If it just wins for picture and art and set direction. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah, that does say. I like it. And I'm going to pick a weird one, too. Costume design was pretty nice okay. in this Costumes one, were right? Good. It's I'm, yeah, I'm it was, surprised it felt it didn't real. Win. I, I don't know what. Do we like this movie? Is that what I'm getting? <laughs> I don't know. I, I kind of. Well, wait till we get to the five five fives and reality slaps you in the face. <laughs> <laughs> I do want. I do want to like shout out. <laughs> I do want to shout out the. Uh, I do want to shout out the costume designer uh, Elizabeth McBride was also the costume designer on another Morgan Freeman movie that uh, I kind of like a lot, Shawshank Redemption. Uh, and I thought that that movie should have deserved the nomination. Sadly, she passed away uh, just a couple years after after Shawshank in 97 um, for uh, cancer at age 42. Oh, but no. uh, yeah, would have been, uh, would have been I think, a cool win. I want to think if that's the one I definitely want to pick, though. Oz, what do you, what do you have um, for yours? Uh, I'm just going to continue to plant my flag in the uh, support Dan Aykroyd. Um, Okay. Aykroyd, so an Aykroyd supporting win. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I have a question about film editing. Is yeah. So we all, we all think that the shot of the salmon close up was weird and belonged in a different movie. Yeah. Is that have anything to do with film editing, or is that just a I, weird director choice? It's it's a mixture of cinematography and film editing. Yeah, and definitely a director choice on top. So of So the it. cinematographer decided to shoot it that way, and the film editing team, in collaboration with the director, went leave right. it in. Right, that right, might have right. been something where the director was like, "You got to leave that in because we got to hammer this home." But if you want to yeah. tie that to film editing, let's do it. Uh, that, yeah. <laughs> well, no, I, this is who you're going to give the award to. I was going to say film editing because at least it's kind of tight. Like yeah. we didn't, 
we had, it, it was hard for us to pick a scene to take out. But editing if that's great. part of the film editing, then I can't give it to film editing. Yeah, <laughs> the editing bizarre. in this is is bizarre in general. Like the passing of time, and like we're all of a sudden it's a decade later. Like like someone hangs I, up the phone, and we it's a I, decade I later. I couldn't like, figure out if the passage of time was done cleverly or abruptly uh, and like uh, curtly yeah like rudely abrupt like, yeah it's a, it's a weird editing nomination for me too that was that was in mind possible kick it out the passage of time is yeah. not done in any other movie like this so it's where'd you end weird. up at uh, so i guess with that considered i'm not going to go film meddling I'll, I'll join oz with dan Aykroyd. i think i'm going uh, a tandy for the cool. for the win so uh, to me that makes sense you know wins picture wins actress mm-hmm. again and she was my mvp and and uh i you know i i like the subtle Dialed down performance. You guys covered this before <laughs> the the director not being nominated. Have yeah. we have you seen that on any other movie where it's uh, best picture? Three others. Argo is the big one. Yeah. Argo and, uh, and Argo's even. Affleck. Yeah, and Argo's even more bizarre because he wins the DGA, so he wins the Directors Guild Award for Best Director, and he's not nominated at the Oscars. Wow. So that's a really bizarre one. That sounds like a political thing. Yeah. yeah. It's all behind the um, scenes shit. There's some throwbacks. Uh, Grand Hotel is one uh, was not nominated. That's what I was thinking of, and should have been. I think we all said with that one too. Uh, Wings, which is the first picture winner, which we haven't covered yet. Uh, I believe Broadway Melody might be the other from one. here to eternity. Um, is that? Oh no, he he Zinnemann won. Yeah, that's yeah he he definitely won for that. Uh, the, and then most recently, Coda this past year was not up for huh. a director. Yeah, but it, yeah. it is it is a rarity. Might happen this year with um, little Top Gun Maverick. Let's keep our fingers crossed. Let's hope. <laughs> Uh, Ridley yeah. Scott was saying when he didn't, he was nominated for Gladiator, but he didn't win, and he was sore about it. He was yes. saying, "I don't understand how the Best Picture winner, the director, doesn't win every single year." Yeah, if, if a movie wins Best Picture, he was saying the, the director, director should win Best it. Director. I mean, he has a very good point, like, and it's funny he's had a, a great he's a, case. It's like they've been fucking with him his whole career because he had he directed uh, Thelma and Louise, and was not so that was up for. Best picture. Picture, but he wasn't up for director in that. And then there's Black Hawk Down, which he's up for director, but it's not up for not picture. Up for picture. Mm. So like they, they're playing games with him constantly oh, wow. with that. So sorry. He's nominated for director in Thelma and Louise, but it's not up for picture mm. in a year where, I mean, it really probably should have been. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're bouncing back and forth with him. And then The Martian is another one. Oh. You know where he doesn't get the director nod, but it's up for picture. And I think is like a is like a, a front runner. So they're just constantly going back and forth. And uh, the Gladiator year, Soderheim won for Traffic. Soderbergh. Soderbergh. Steven Soderbergh won yeah. for Traffic, and he's up. He's up for two. He's nominated twice. Oh wow! So he's up for Aaron Brockovich and Traffic <laughs> in the same fucking year. But who knows? One to five. So here we go. Performances is category one. Category two is. How the movie shot, how it looks, and category three is themes, how the story's told, and all that. We go one to five, one being the lowest, five being the highest. Artie, slap us uh, to reality here. Performances, one to five. I'll give it a three. It's not bad. It's just nothing great. It's kind of middling. I'll <laughs> pop in on a two with that. And while I thought that the performances were fine, I, I liked Tandy's performance. I was a little low on Freeman, which is a little troubling because he's one of my favorite actors. And uh, I, I didn't feel the Ackroyd thing. The lack of supporting cast is borderline egregious in this thing. There's just no, they're not beefing this up with anyone around. You got to me, I need some sort of ensemble here. Like, I can't just have three people 
on stage in this play that's a, a movie. Mm-hmm. Make, make make the cashier person a Piggly Wiggly interesting or something. Like yeah, have and, someone be yeah, in the movie. And that's, that's an indictment of the script, which you guys have hit with, with right. that a little bit too. It's like you just didn't feel like writing in other characters. It feels that's like an not... uncreative movie. Like there's no well, creativity yeah. to it. Yeah, there's, yeah. 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 Uh, so a, a two, I'm not giving a one because there were some, you know, very competent actors doing some things in there, so I can't give it a one. But two, two, just because there's a to disregard any kind of ensemble cast whatsoever is, mm-hmm. is kind of a good. Awesome. Yeah, let me give it a three. Um, I thought Tandy was very good, and uh, obviously I've been re- repetitive now about Dan Aykroyd. Um, but I agree with what you said. If you're going to really narrow this cast down to have a couple people in it. I mean, it's got to it's it's got to stand out to be anything over than a three. I mean, we're in a season with Deer Hunter and Lawrence of Arabia, right? So, like, if tough you're season. Gonna, tough if you're season. gonna if you're gonna compare these and line these up and uh, you know put the leads up against each other, it's it's just gonna be middle of the road compared to the rest of these. Yeah. Three. Wait till Parasite and Unforgiven hit too. Yeah, so yeah. Is it, three. Season three is a, is pretty ruthless. I can't wait to watch Unforgiven again. Yeah. That's a Morgan Freeman performance I like quite a bit. Bobby? I'll give it a three as well. Okay. Because I think they did a decent job with not such so great material. Yeah. They didn't have a ton to work with. Yeah, and, cool. Yeah. I mean, she did win Best Actress, so. Yeah. yeah. And and nom- two nominees for the other two guys. Yeah. So. Yeah, so. so. Uh, okay. How the movie shot, how it's presented on film, what we see on screen. Artie will have you go first again. One to five. Two. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. It, yeah. it, it no shot adds anything. Yeah, you did say you like the cinematography a bit, though. Because it, it no, I didn't say I like it. A, I, like oh, I like the cinematography quite a bit. Well, we it's, have that on tape. So yeah, we'll, rewind. We'll, 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 yeah. The cinematography is is competent. It's it does it doesn't make mistakes, but it's not doing anything to stand out or add to anything. It's just doing what it's the rest of this movie does. Like. The bare minimum to get through. Yeah. Well, now that I grilled you on it, I, I'm going to agree. Uh, I have a two also. Yeah, it just, it, it looks, there's moments that look really pretty. Uh, they do a, a, a pretty nice job of elevating it from just a play setting. But there's nothing in here that I look at and say this should be nominated for anything. And, and visually, there's a lot of forgettable things about the presentation of this movie in, in general. So yeah. a, a two, not going to punish it with a one, but a two just seems good. Awesome. Yeah, I'm with you on a two. I mean, if this is this is one where I could give like if it was a if I can give a two point five, I would. It's not. I don't think it's good enough to reach the three. Well, two it is. I'm gonna give it a one. Yeah, there it is. There <laughs> it is. Mixed good. Up a bit. The the car crash was awfully shot. <laughs> and <laughs> thank you for giving me some justice on my nitpick there on that one. Like it was. And uh, the salmon thing was weird, and I felt like the. Maybe this is like a choice that they were doing, but like the house was just so depressing to be in. Yeah. And maybe they were trying to, you know, yeah. show that like it, it, it was part of her loneliness. But like, yeah, I like that yeah. choice. But, but I, I, I think that's a fun one though. Like, yeah. I, I feel like if 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 we can get Rod Camp's version of this movie cover, like if you go to Blockbuster and rent the VHS, it's a can of salmon half over. <laughs> And it's like driving Miss Daisy. Being being (laughs) and being eaten by uh, dirty teeth, and 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 yellow stained teeth grinning. Uh, And finally, themes, story, how it's told. Already take us home. Uno, a one. Yeah. Ouch. Nothing happens. (laughs) They didn't tell me anything. 
They didn't tell me anything. Nothing yeah. happens. The themes? What themes? <laughs> exactly. Growing <laughs> old is hard yeah, to okay, do. Okay, okay. Uh, I'll be a little it's nicer. It's a PG movie. There's nothing yeah. in it. Hey, the last PG winner. I will be a little nicer and give it a two. And the reason for that is for what uh, I, I think, Bobcat, you said in the very start of this thing is, is it was refreshing to not see this movie just take these wild narrative swings and mm-hmm. tell you what they wanted to tell right. you. And this, it was so like, yeah, okay. The flip side is like, yeah, but it didn't do anything. Like, that's fine. But right. like, to me, I would rather that. I would rather like a, like a stoic narrative than a, hey, I feel this about this and now you right. need to, too. Yeah. You know, and this movie didn't didn't do that. So I, I appreciated that uh, a bit. So I'm giving it the two because there's, it's definitely lacking in what it wants to say on mm-hmm. the flip side of that. And uh, you really have to kind of dig through a lot of sand to find a, a handful of nickels in this one. So uh, two, two is where I'm at with that. Awesome. All right, I'm going to give it a three. I'm going to give this one a three, and Ooh. I'm going to give it a lot of benefit of the doubt. I think cool. maybe too much. I might be, you know, maybe I'm hurting myself from stretching a little, little, too, little too hard. But um, I, I like the story that they told um, with really with the isolation of of Daisy mm. um, and and why she's isolated and how she act acted. Um, and I I do like the ending. I do like the payoff of the ending that she's alone she took a few steps maybe um but she's got really nobody and she has a son who kind of deals with her because she has to uh, because he has to i like that they didn't hit you over the head with that payoff where everything's okay it's like well this this is how you act and this is how you're gonna be this is how you're gonna end up and it takes a little more than little steps here and there to get there now i don't think they, they told a good like again i don't, I don't know this is not the your con- your description's more interesting than what we watched. Conceptually, this is not the way to I, I, tell the story mm-hmm. about race. I, like, it's, s- yeah, well, you know, leave the race stuff aside because yeah. well, I think I would like. It's hard because you want to, but at the same time, is like I think that's what they were. Tr- that was the whole, their whole purpose in making the. But I the think you. Movie, but yeah, but, but I think you sold yeah. me on some things there because yeah. it's just like she does die alone. Like yeah, that that's but her the movie life. doesn't hide that, no. and and she lives her last twenty five years yeah. kind of alone, and and she has the one friend is the only person who was relentlessly trying to be friendly to her and yeah I mean, this, this, is. This, is, this movie is not it this this movie doesn't exist with just nothing in it there's you can you can have a conversation with it hey we've been talking for two and a half hours um the problem but, is yeah. we have to do it in this context of up against other best, best picture winners of course yeah. of course right yeah. and you know when we're talking about driving miss daisy versus parasite yeah. and driving Miss daisy versus lawrence arabia and lawrence arabia, you know versus the deer hunter or, or all the other ones that we, we were talking about but yeah, of course i may so, re-eval- yeah. reevaluate my three but right now as we sit cool i like three. it you know I what you gave a stance. great argument for a three thank you. you really did you did i'll okay. uh, i'm going largely with what garen said there it's two the only reason it's not a one is because it did deal with social issues without being preachy, which I appreciate. But besides that, there's not a whole lot that the audience is getting out of watching this movie. Mm. Yeah. It also barely Period. deals with social issues, I feel like. Yeah, it does kind of sit on the side. It acknowledges that they exist, but it doesn't. Yeah. This movie them. is this movie is like the punter of movies. It's just it's punting this whole movie. It's and it has a quarterback yeah. that can't throw downfield. So it's just yeah. it's hoping that it's hoping that the blocking and the defense can keep this to a to a single digit score. And 
It's the Jets. I was thinking it's more like a fantasy <laughs> it's analyst. It's the Jets of movies. It's more like a fantasy analyst. It's like <laughs> sitting back. It doesn't affect anything, but it's, it's letting you know what it might think. One in 92 is where will it, where will it end up? Yeah. Where will it end up? Uh, Artie, I'll, I'll go with you first here. 70s. 70s. So you, how many movies do you think realistically will be behind this? I think that's probably the best way to word a question, a Driving Miss Daisy related. Uh, so the flaws this movie has are less flagrant like flagrant and 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 detrimental to the movie then i would say maybe 15 okay so you, you think other it, movies you, so you think it it narrowly escapes the bottom 15 is what yeah you're yeah there's a tier that's below it there's yeah 15 is probably the right number there's some like bad ones out there yeah yeah, yeah. like tom jones uh, chariots of fire Chicago. These are all going in the bottom tier. Now, uh, uh, Bobcat, your um, your bucket uh, analogy here with oh, the here we yes. Go. Now, is this in a uh, is this in a hell yeah? Is this in a oh, God, whatever, no. or is this in a get out of my face? Like, get out of my face. It's yeah. This is a get. As far as the best picture winner goes. Yeah, I mean, our main criticism is that the movie's not interesting. Like that's pretty tough to come back from. <laughs> <laughs> That's a big part it's, of it's movies. It's an entertaining or interesting <laughs> thing to watch. Oh, man. I think you could just edit everything out except what Bobcat just yeah, said. This, <laughs> this podcast. This podcast <laughs> could be eight seconds long. To get out of my face because it's not interesting. It's just an excuse for us to hang around and drink for a little bit. We'll yeah. just use that one clip and that's yeah. it. Yeah. Oz, uh, talk to us here. Yeah, I'm gonna, uh, I got it in the in the 60s, like the mid-60s. The 60s? Probably, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, hey, I gave it a uh, three, two, three. The high sixties, you know, sixty-five to seventy. What do you? I mean, what do you think? In in this conversation, I, I think that, and this conversation was going to dictate some things going into this because I I kind of needed this is where I needed to hear some other people talk out loud about it because it's like there was there's just so little to work with when you're watching it, you know. So um, after hearing other people, does it move it up or down? It moves it up. To be completely honest with you, um, it does move it up because I just think that there's some movies we've already covered here where it's just it's they're very hard to defend. I don't think this is that hard to defend, and I thought it was going to be coming into this project. Like I, I really thought this was going to be one like because I remember liking it in the past, and I definitely like it less than I liked it the first time I saw it. But I, I just I think that there's going to easily be ten movies. Well, maybe I don't want to say easily. There, there's going to be ten movies. That I dislike more than this one. That just kind of let just like get under my skin more than this one. This is definitely where it's in that bottom fifteen type of conversation. It will probably get the benefit of the doubt by not doing anything. With the inactivity of this movie, will probably save it over something like a, mm -hmm. you know, like a Cimarron or a Tom Jones that like actively annoys me. Right. You know. So, um, so those those types. Of it movies, doesn't suck. There's movies we've covered that suck. Yeah, I don't think this movie sucks. No, I, I really that's what don't I'm saying. It's, it yeah, I think suck. it's extremely right. competent and safe and fair and all that stuff. It's, it's like poorly uh, made or anything. Go back to uh, to uh, to Bobcat. It's, it is not interesting. No, it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's not at all interesting. It should have stayed an off Broadway play. But you know, yeah. dude, I watched this movie twice today. Do you know what a rough day that is? I had to that's get a scary. coffee on the way here. That's not even scary. joking. That's but that's you know how you chose yeah. to prepare for this. So. That's life choices. Dude. Yes. Yeah. Let's. Uh, oh, I didn't know. We'll cut to Joey this. commenting on that right now. It's it. <laughs> Audio plug. You were told. <laughs>
<laughs> Joey and Grant love that line. You were you told. You were told. <laughs> Isn't a job? <laughs> you okay. Getting paid? I'm are, getting paid. Are you? Yeah. You guys are getting paid? <laughs> That's between me and him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> This is not a Who Should Have Won podcast, but we do like to discuss the other movies that were nominated that year, especially in a year where 99% of the people who are talking about movies this day are up in arms as to why Driving Miss Daisy won this award. So we're going to start with the... Uh, hmm, okay, we have, we, have a, so we have a Best Director winner. Is this a true romance here? Just a question. Mm-hmm. Is this a true romance here? Oh, no, that's a 90s movie. Oh, it is? Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so let's start with Best Actor winner, and that's My Left Foot. That's a Daniel Day-Lewis captain deal. He wins Best Actor at his first Oscar. My Left Foot, Christy Brown, born with cerebral palsy, learns to paint and write with his only controllable limb, his left foot. I have not seen this movie. I haven't seen this, but I'm just going to go out on a limb and say Daniel Day-Lewis probably should have won for it. Should pretty much win for everything he does. I got one. I got <laughs> one coming probably up. Probably the I'm, best actor that year. I got one coming up that I might challenge it with. But yeah, I mean, but listen, again, guys, I haven't yeah. seen this movie. He like, probably <laughs> he probably spent the entire year using only his left foot to do everything in his life. So yeah. you know, I mean, we'll say that. Um, you know, this is a this is a year after the Hoffman. Rain Man wins, so we're now getting into the if you play a disability, you got a good chance to win an Oscar mode mm. that people complain about. Right. Uh, I haven't seen My Left Foot, so I, I can't. It's tough to to comment on it. I um, seen it either, any, but... No, I have not seen it, and I'm probably going to get in trouble for what I say next. But I'm not someone who's like, oh, Daniel Day Lewis is in the movie. I got to see it. You're not a DDL guy. I, I don't want to say I'm not a Daniel Day Lewis guy. Yeah, you're in trouble. Zeta Short just just like, stood up out of her chair and started applauding. But, uh, it's, it's, you, if you're like, oh, you got to see this because Daniel Day Lewis is in it, um, it that's not going to be the. Well, I, selling I think Bobcat Day Lewis has something to say yeah. about that. Yeah, yeah, D Day would be one of those guys that I see whatever he does, <laughs> like Leo. What's your What's um, your favorite DDL? Don't say Gangs of New York. <laughs> I mean, Gangs of New York is pretty awesome. <laughs> you don't like the movie? No, I hate it. Wow. What happened to this Bobcat already showdown we were going to have? Are we gonna, uh, um, I think we sorted out now. I don't need to fight with anyone about anything right yeah, now. Yeah, but no, I mean, I haven't seen I haven't seen my left foot, but he's, you know, arguably the greatest yeah. actor what, of all what are time. Your favorite so D- I'm sure that. What are your favorite DDLs? Um, okay, so definitely Gangs of New York. I think, thought he was great in that. Um, he is great in that movie. Say what you want about the movie. He's great in the movie. I agree. Yeah. Put you there, will blood, there will be blood. There will be blood. Fantastic. Uh, all right. Well, let's uh, Last of the Mohicans. Phantom Thread, yeah. I saw it. It was fine. Not that many people saw it, I don't think. No. I have not seen Phantom Thread. Lincoln I found kind of boring, to be honest. There Will Be Blood is probably his... Uh, his... That's, so the my, three, that's the, my favorite character the he's three, ever made. The three Oscar wins are My Left Foot, There Will Be Blood, and Lincoln. Those are the three wins. He's up in Phantom Thread. He's up in... Mohicans, he's up. Yeah, and I think the Crucible too. I think he's that up. sounds right. I mean, he must. Yeah. He oh must God, be up for everything he's in. That's what I mean. Right? He's, it's, I heard in the Crucible he was so unbearable as a method actor. He wouldn't shower because well, wasn't he in a wheelchair at one point? I think that's this one. That's so in my this, left foot. Oh, so in my yeah. left foot, he used to make the the he they push him around in a wheelchair. He would make 
the staff moved the cables out of the way so they could lift like the wheelchair over the cable. Like he was so inconvenient. That's convenient. when method acting gets annoying. It's just to get up and walk and please. Just... I don't know these stories. I'm like, oh. so they sound real. Derby Blood's probably your number one or or gangs. You know, it's funny it's now that I look at his his IMDb. There will be blood and gangs in New York are kind of like the only yeah. ones that I really love. Really like the movie. But I think he was like really good in Lincoln too, but. He's one of those actors where, like, his performances outweigh the actual movies. Yeah. You know? Uh, Leo is a bit of that, too. Like, if you look at just all the movies Leo's in, they're not, like... It's not banger after banger. It's just kind of a lot of really good performances in Mm -hmm. some good movies. Especially early on. Yeah. It's like movies like The Beach. Like, he's great in The Beach, but The Beach isn't great, you know? I like The Beach a lot, but it's not considered a great movie. You're a big Blood Diamond guy, right? Blood Diamond's really good. (laughs) Was it for best... Picture actor like the he's good in it. But I just don't the movie's know good. Movie. Yeah, you're right that it's pretty much every Daniel Day Lewis movie is. Look at how great of an actor this guy it's is. Him. It's about one character, and but even Leo like Wolf of Wall Street is. There's a, ten other good performances in that movie. Yeah, and they departed too. Yeah, yeah. so he'll, he'll do it. Yeah, a little bit differently. Okay, so that's uh, my left foot. Also got a, a supporting actress win. Um, a shout out on that one because it, it is Brenda Fricker who was the uh, the bird lady or the uh, the pigeon lady in Home Alone Two. Yeah, so let's talk about that in our Home Alone episode. Uh, let's go next to Field of Dreams. Kevin Costner, and if uh, we uh, don't know what Field of Dreams is about here, let's go. Iowa farmer Ray Kinsella is inspired by a voice he can't ignore to pursue a dream he can hardly believe. Supported by his wife, Ray begins the quest by turning his ordinary cornfield into a place where dreams come true. We got Kevin Costner. We got James Earl Jones, future potential BPC Hall of Famer Ray Liotta in there, too. Mm -hmm. Uh, Written by W.P. Kinsella and directed by Phil Alden Robinson. Field of Dreams. What are our relationships with Field of Dreams? I have never seen Field of Dreams. Wow, really? I've really? never seen the movie. Especially yes. as a baseball player. I, I, I can't, I can't am, believe that. I am a baseball lifer. It's a, a part of my job. I am not a big baseball movie guy. I just, I come home hmm. from work and I don't want to <laughs> see it on the screen. Fair enough. No, I, I mean, I like Major League. So I want to do the comedy. But I have, I've never seen Field of Dreams. Artie, Field of Dreams thoughts. I'm taken aback by yeah, the fact that yeah. you have, the fact that you have not seen. Yeah, there it is. Field of Dreams. Mm-hmm. Um, I love Field of Dreams, except for his wife, LVP oh. Zone. Huh? What's her name? The actress, Holly Hunter. Amy oh. Madigan. Yeah, it's oh, she. She looks like Holly Hunter. She she does, and she's very frantic. And I don't I don't like that. The frantic. Well, Female. I don't like that in any movie. Well, I mean, her husband is tearing down all their crops to go chase ghosts. <laughs> I'm not saying I don't understand it. I'm just saying I don't. Listen, if the movie was a real movie, the woman would be like, oh, my husband's insane. We should leave. <laughs> Children, let's go. Our husband is plowing down our cornfields to make a baseball field for imaginary characters he thinks are playing he on a, it. He hears a voice. Yeah, because yeah. he hears a voice in his head. This is schizophrenia, undiagnosed, untreated. <laughs> but justified by James Earl Jones in baseball. He, it's not even his voice. He's a character in the movie. It's not his voice. If you build it. The voice is a whisper. I wonder who does that voice, actually. It's, it's such Yoda. a crazy it's idea. Really Yoda. Yeah. Karen. <laughs> Karen, if you Karen, build it. Hide it behind the corn, what, Karen. What it's just such a crazy idea, but it, they do it. I, I really like the movie. They make it work. Yeah. I, I love uh, the movie. Very, like yes. I said, I love the movie. It. They make it work. It has no business working. It's too right. fantastical. Better they, than there is great acting in it. 
Better than Costner Driving Miss Daisy? great. James Earl Jones. And Leota good. is great in it. Better than Driving Miss Daisy? Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, I haven't seen Driving Miss Daisy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. All right. We go to the Best Director winner, old friend Oliver Stone. Probably not what? getting into BBC. Born on the 4th of July. Uh, Born on the 4th of July. Yeah, there it is. Yeah, this is better that. than Driving Miss Daisy. The biography of Ron Kovic, paralyzed in the Vietnam War. He becomes an anti-war and pro-human rights political activist after feeling betrayed by the country for which he fought. Starring Tom Cruise, who was nominated for Best Actor. Directed by Oliver Stone. Born on the 4th of July. We've seen Born on the 4th of July. So I'm in high school. made to watch it in, in high school. Yeah, Mr. Nash's class, remember? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I we didn't were in the have same Mr. class. Yeah. yeah. Born on the 4th of July, I haven't seen it since high school. I really <laughs> should go back and revisit it. I did enjoy it uh, in that, you know, it, it's always tough to watch in like a high school classroom setting. You're getting mm-hmm. that, you know, 40 minutes at a time and you're... I, I just think of the South, the uh, Soundgarden song, Born on the 4th of July. One of my favorite Soundgarden songs. Ah, uh, totally. And I think it's just that's just Fourth of July. Ah, uh, yes, yeah. yes, yes. Yeah, it's an amazing song. I don't know if I would like it again if I saw it now. I, I think Oliver Stone can be really heavy-handed yeah, with political he stuff. Can be. Yeah. And, yeah. I, I, I don't. I don't know. He's pushy. Yeah. 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 Have you seen Platoon, Bobby? No. Yeah. That that's very early on in his career. I know, Artie, you're kind of on the the negative side of that. I don't think Bob, I don't think Bobcat would yes. like it. I don't know. Okay. Yeah. But maybe, you know... Save me some time. Yeah, we're very split on it. We're notoriously yeah. all split on that. We got like three on one side, three on the other side. Mm-hmm. So, But okay. I, I, as far as like Oliver Stone, like the stuff that you're talking about, I don't think that that plays into Platoon. And I don't think your complaints are, are really Oliver Stone complaints. I think they're more... No, Charlie yeah. Sheen. Yeah. So on Born of the Fourth of July has a connection to where we're sitting right now, Massapequa. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So, Filmed in Massapequa, right? Uh, so that... I don't want to mess this up, but... I'm pretty sure it was. I think it was supposed to take place in Massapequa. Okay, well, but it might not have actually been filmed there. Yeah. Oh wow! Here uh, we go. Because the main, yeah, the main character um, who is based off is off of is from Massapequa. Wow. I believe I don't mess that up. Okay, last movie here. This is a movie I watched this week for this, and it's a movie I've never seen before. It's one of my mom's favorite movies, and I it was kind of surprising that I had never seen it before. Uh, Peter Weir directed, uh, starring, and. Uh, this would have been my choice for best actor this year, Robin Williams, and that's Dead Poet Society. Uh, Maverick teacher John Keating uses poetry to embolden his boarding school students to new heights of self-expression. The movie rocks. The movie's like, amazing. And I double featured it with Driving Miss Daisy, and like the camera work just like screamed instantly. Like, whoa, we're watching a we're watching a real movie now. <laughs> now. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> Wake up! Yeah, things like, are happening. Yeah, this is this is this is movies for real. Uh, Conflict, drama. Plot, it's amazing. It take it took me this long. Yeah, I mean, and just an electric performance from a national treasure. Yeah, in, right. in Robin Williams. I mean. Yeah, this is my favorite of the bunch for sure. Yeah, um, that at any of these would have made a fine Best Picture winner, I think. Yeah, I just um, I don't know if like a boys' boarding schools movie would speak to like the majority of the population, you know? Yeah, maybe not. I mean, I clearly Driving Miss Daisy did. So yeah. uh, <laughs> apparently, a movie about nothing spoke to them. Yeah, yeah uh, man, brutal um, ending. I mean, that's up and up there with some of the, like the saddest endings. It could have something movie. to do with it too. You know, I mean that that and again, you know. Yeah, I hate but, that. People don't like sad endings. I yeah. hate that. Boy, uh, Peter Weir, the director there, talk about The Bridesmaid and Never the Bride. He's nominated for six Oscars, never wins. 
the movies that he directed that were in there to the run. They're um, all good, right? Witness, which is the Harrison yeah. Ford yeah. movie. Up for director doesn't win. Dead Poet Society, up for director doesn't win. Truman Show. Director, not a wow. picture, non. That that's one that really should have been. In there. Yeah, that's yeah. yeah. Um Master Commander. Another, I haven't seen that. Another great one. Yeah. But I've really heard good. nothing but really great good. things. Oh, it's nothing awesome. but great things. Yeah, it's yeah. awesome. Yeah. yeah. So I mean he just he had all those almost movies, but never never got his uh, big game like an, great honor, career, an honorary award. Yeah, great career. Yeah. yeah. So, okay, that's it. Um, I do want to give a little uh, a defense for any given Sunday. I, I oh wow, we, uh, okay. we, we promised this. Why did you watch end, it? Uh, <laughs> uh, no, uh, Bob Ken wanted I to like take a speech. He spent he spent a, a year listening oh, to everybody. You want to defend him. any given Sunday? <laughs> yeah. All right. So my I'm night's done you. here. I'm done. I can go. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess the reason. So I picked any given Sunday just for context in the sports draft, and already texted the group. That is not a good movie. It's very definitive. <laughs> It's a very nuanced take that you offered there. Correct. <laughs> Oliver Stone? Oliver Stone, yeah. yeah. Stone, yeah. Al Pacino. I guess the defense is like, I was picking, like I said earlier, just what my like favorite sports movies are. And for me, a sports movie is like, I want to sit down Friday, Saturday night, have a beer, watch this, and it's going to be fun and entertaining. And it's going to be badass. And the fact that, what one? League, League, League of Their, their Own, own wins. Yeah. And again, like, that wins before he even got a chance to pick. So to be fair, he couldn't have picked the winner because the winner went already. Well, I can't believe it won. Uh, I can't believe people think that's a great sports movie. It's uh, basically a Disney movie with a, with baseball in it. And any given, think about like who you're hanging out with when you're watching the movie. Um, if you if you want to watch a, a fun movie, you've got like Jamie Fox, uh, um, fucking Al Pacino, James Woods, uh, LL Cool J, Lawrence Taylor's in it. They're they're cutting uh, SUV open with a chainsaw. Like this is this is like crazy fun shit, versus uh, League of Their Own, which is like emotionally manipulative, like kind of PG, you know, Disney movie. Oh well, Rosie O'Donnell's in the movie. Wow, this is really fun. This is you what I watched you this are reminding before. me of Alex Jones right now. You're <laughs> dictating the narrative. <laughs> I love it though. I love it. <laughs> John Lovitz and Rosie O'Donnell and Madonna. Like, really? This is this is who you're hanging out with for a sports movie? Come oh, on. Madonna the best scene in A League of Their Own is just Tom Tom uh, Hanks urinating. <laughs> well, so. that's, a, that's a great scene. Um, <laughs> so anyway, that's... that's Evacuation. That's, but once yep. again, this is my preference on what's fun about a sports movie. I, I yeah. realize that it's different for different people. Is A League of Their Own better than uh, Miss Daisy? I would say it's better than Dragon Ball <laughs> Stacy. So I'll, I'll give it that. I'll give it that. Listen, I love A League of Their Own. We have we had a really fun, awesome episode on it. Uh, I think you're you're diminishing it a bit here. I haven't seen Any Giving Sunday, I, so I, it's tough to comment on that. What were your 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 downsides to that? Because I mean, to me, picking a prestigious sports film early in something like this with film Twitter isn't to me. There, there's it's a high risk high reward pick i mean you did it with miami vice and that went all the way i mean now, it went all the now, way to- my issues with it are how to put it bluntly al pacino stinks jamie fox stinks cameron diaz is not really an actress um <laughs> lawrence taylor might be the best part of the movie <laughs> <laughs> that suv scene might be the best part of the movie uh oliver stone is too his fingers are in the dough too much mm-hmm. um there's some scenes in complete darkness with pouring rain where they're practicing and you could barely, or they're playing a game and you could you could barely even, it felt like Platoon. You could barely see what's going on. 
You don't need to do that in a in a sports movie. It's not like a sports noir. It's a fucking sports movie, and it's it 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 it, 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 it the tone of of the tone is 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 weird. It's weird. It's Sport? not a sports movie tone. Sports it's a noir. Weird tone. I, mean, it's, it's, I like a sports noir. That sounds like a yeah. new thing that we need. We need more of. It's I will, like a, I will say watch as, any given Sunday as an independent uh, party. Any given Sunday is it's a sports movie. It's about football. So yeah, it's a sports movie already. No, I get it, but like I don't want to watch a sports movie in the dark and okay. the rain. I want to watch a sports movie where I'm rooting. So the, the for thing the peaches. that it doesn't have that the yeah, tonal the tonal thing I liked about it is it's a really cool era in sports, like in the mid '90s when uh, athletes start making a lot of money and start doing endorsements, and it's easy to get wrapped up in that and the excesses of that. And then there's also like Jamie Fox like um, connecting to like understanding the old school values in football that act- enable him to eventually become a leader because he's just a self-centered like guy who wants to be a celebrity to start the movie, then he actually becomes a leader on the team. So that's a character transition. And there are some stuff, things in it that are really silly, like the names of the, the football teams. Very are, silly. They're all yeah. fake, like things like that. There's a... a Pacino's you know, character... Uh, do, do you like Pacino in that? Pacino's speech, like, at the end, is, is one of the all-time great sports movie speeches. So, so, that is written. The rest of his shit is improvised. <laughs> So the thing I'm, you like is written, and everything else is well. I, Pacino, not a bad thing. Pacino, the rest of the movie is kind of like this. Is right when he went off the rails and went, I got to improvise everything. Get a great all the, ass. Yeah, all the movies he's in are now like directors who could tolerate him pushing his improvisation. I think he's then come. He's come out of that phase now, and he's had yeah, done he some good to. stuff in the last five years. He's doing eighty-eight so. minutes. I never win these tournaments, and and this is probably why because I can't like. Is it the better movie or is it like the funnier discussion of the movie? Like it, that should win. It's a happy medium. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, thought A League of Their Own had a happy medium. It's a f- yeah. I mean, I like A League of Their Own. I really uh, like I, that I movie too. Yeah. too. I think it, if what you're looking for in a sports movie is like heartwarming, then A League of Their Own is your kind of movie. But it also I'm, is I'm comedy. looking for a fun, like a conflict, like wild shit going on. You're looking for some man shit. Let's go. Let's let's it's call it as it dude is. Dude sweat. <laughs> <laughs> and let's be real, basketball is the best sports movie ever made. Well, that's that's just fact. Wow. Thank you for tuning in and listening to our uh, our Driving Miss Daisy episode. This is this is the beauty of the podcast. We can sit around, <laughs> we, we can talk. five minutes on it. <laughs> we, can, <laughs> we, can just, we can just talk about Driving Miss Daisy and have a grand old time. So, please, subscribe rate, review, all that stuff. Our action tournament is coming up. There will be a winner. We will have an episode on that winner. Whoever wins will be right here. It could be Bobcat. could be Oz. could be me. If history dictates it, it probably will not be any of us. No. It could be Artie. <laughs> Let's see. It'll probably be Grant or Joey. Let's yeah. be honest here. Yeah. Um, but maybe the Freezers. Maybe Joe B, Brendan B, the Killer Bees. We will find Steve out. Steve B. Could be Steve B. All, all the bees. bees. All the Bees. Jay Dowski, the the Buffalo Bills of of BPC, maybe. I don't know. He's got diehard. He does have diehard. So that's true. Anyway, we thank you so much for listening. We ask you to tune in next week when we could be talking about anything at this point. We don't don't even really know anymore. Uh, But we are headed to the, we're climbing to the end of season four here. But we do have uh, Parasite coming out. We got our Oscars awards, uh, our Oscars uh, preview coming up. That's going to be fun too. 
they'll be unforgiven at some point. There'll be I a think couple I'm on others both too. of those, Parasite and Unforgiven, right? I think so. We'll see. Yeah. yeah, we'll have to we'll have to tune in and see. But thank you so much for listening. And we us. Thank you for coming. Oh, Thanks for hosting. Of course. Yes. yes. Thanks for having me for this one. This was good. This was fun. It's great stuff. I'm, yeah. I'm like kind of excited you were a little positive about this one. I wanted, I, I needed I some companionship. Oz always tries to be a little I more tried. positive about every movie. Oh, he has on. buried some movies here. Yeah. He, he is ruthless to, to Gigi and Green Book. So. Yeah. 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 Oh, you're ruthless to Green Book. Don't like it. Bob you should have come up three thanks hours. For having from, thanks for having me back, and thanks for letting me get any given Sunday off my chest. Oh, we needed to do it. It's what's but, been yeah. holding me back for the past two years emotionally, <laughs> and now I feel like a free a free man. <laughs> well, let, you your have been let your therapist know. Yeah, I will. But seriously, Bobcat, thank you for coming back. It's thanks been it's me. been a little a little bit, but no, thanks for making the trip out here. And uh, you know, Brooklyn is not the easiest place to get in it's and not. out of. So uh, we appreciate you coming out to the old island. For yeah, for those of you it. listening, we're not anywhere near Brooklyn right now. Yeah, it's, it's a, a long it's a, ride it's a home at midnight <laughs> right now. He has come out here to talk. Uh, he's come out here to talk Annie Hall, Woody, Woody Allen, and Driving Miss <laughs> Daisy. So, so yeah. those aren't the easiest people to hang out with. No. You know, Woody, Woody Allen and, and right. Miss Daisy. I'm surprised he didn't watch the movie and go, you know what, I'm out. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, I thought about it. Like, I'll have to go. Nah. (laughs) I'll send you a few text messages you can use in the episode. Yeah, sorry, guys. Uh, Cancel. Artie, and thank you as well, too. Yes, for all that you do. Do I have a choice? Yes. (laughs) Am I allowed to say no? We're not uh, going to leave you off at the first pit stop just yet. We'll see. We still have a a trek home to do. And yes, thank you, everyone, for listening. We will see you next time. Drive safe, everybody. Take Highland. question you're ignoring it you uh put a question yeah up? if you're on the episode you don't get to submit twitter questions and i don't even know what yours means to be honest i just wanted to know if do you How? guys do you guys think morgan freeman's packing is that what you were going for yeah. i was wondering if that's what you were going yeah. for how big are we thinking for morgan freeman this is what you're right yeah yeah how do I block you on Twitter? <laughs> You're the opposite. Uh, you get notified of my comments. 